Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Week in Gaming podcast. And what do you know? It's been a big week in gaming. I'm Intergot for episode 31 on this Sunday, the 14th of February 2021. Yes, I did check the date myself. As always, I'm joined by the official Xbox Hall of Famer and number one challenger to the mantle of the greatest Xbox RPG player in the world, Swinney. Why, hello there. And the guy in the middle, the ignorant, arrogant, and smug, but we wouldn't want to have him any other way, Mike. Hello, hello! In this week's show, we'll be discussing Cyberpunk getting cyber-attacked and CDPR is held ransom. The latest update on what's going on with E3 2021, and we review Bowser's Fury expansion for Super Mario 3D World. Swinney, this week, no corrections, is that right? Uh, no corrections. There was part of me that did, uh, and I started typing in, it's like, Sudoku Relax is actually a decent game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I started playing that again, and I'm like, what, this, what, what, this what, is... What are you playing again, sorry? Sudoku. Thanks. <laughs> Sudoku. I was going to start spelling it Sudoku, like with the U in the middle as well. Uh, Sudoku Relax. I was playing it again, and I'm like, yeah, this game is... It's so annoying that they don't allow you to turn the hint system off, but... I'll give you this, Winnie, that I did skip to the hard puzzles and it is much better, but it's still yeah, annoying that I agree, it has I the agree. hint system. I don't know why they have that. Like in Picross, it eventually evolved to be turn off all the hints. And I think that's how most people who like Picross play it. So strange. You're just com- you're complaining because you're too smart. And <laughs> no, that's not the case. It's well, basically that's what, <laughs> what are you complaining about? No, it changes the game. You're not really playing it. I know. In the way you meant to play it. <laughs> Like, I, I'm completing all these puzzles in, like, two minutes or something like that. It's just... Yeah, yeah um, it's it's meant to just be, like, it's not, it's not like Sudoku newspaper, Sudoku, you know. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, what I want. Sit down and chill. Mm. But, um, but I did a, I, I do have a correction. It's an eternal correction. Um, oh, so there and, is a correction. And I've, and I've got a question for you about it. Mm. So, anyone that listens every week, uh, hears you introduce me as Xbox official xbox hall of famer right of which i am not so that's the correction i am not an xbox hall of famer but my question to you intergot is what is it going to take to stop you from actually calling me an xbox hall of famer what do i have to do what i don't think that's going to happen i want confirmation from xbox that you're not a part of their hall of fame I have to what I have to reach out to their their chat the official channels yeah. and, if and microsoft yes. pr confirms that swinney costello is not in the hall of fame then I will stop saying it. I believe that you need you to are. be on the Hall of Fame as the one person who they confirm is not on the Hall of Fame. So it's not enough that there's an official page before everyone listed that says who's in the Hall of Fame Sweeney. and I'm not on Sweeney. there. That's Sweeney. not enough. Xbox nope. and Microsoft, they make mistakes. They made mistakes with the Hall of Fame. <laughs> we all know mistake. that. We've covered that many times. <laughs> the audience loves our coverage of the mistakes. Uh, exactly. Okay, and all right. I'll I'll do my best to get an official statement from the from, line, not in from Hall Phil. Of we expect an official statement from no, Phil. No, that that's see the other. Oh, thing is now you're trying to achievable. find loopholes out of this. Because no, the other thing is possibly it. achievable. I'm never going to get a response from <laughs> Phil Spencer. That will be the whole point of this show from now on <laughs> for like five years. <laughs> in. <laughs> are you actually in it or not? I mean, no, I want to get. If I ask yeah. you the question, are you the number one RPG player in Australia? Uh, well, from an achieve- Xbox achievement standpoint, yes. Well, that's what the Hall of Fame's all about, isn't it? Yeah. Achievements. <laughs> exactly. And then if I expand that search, are you in the whole of the Southern Hemisphere, about a billion people that it covers, are you number one? 
RPG player uh, in the in the Southern Hemisphere. I I believe so. Yes. Well, the, okay. you, how could you? Make why, that well, you're not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And <laughs> what are you? <laughs> what are you globally? I'm I'm number two, but number two, number two, no, number, number two. one challenger, number, but, number but one challenger. It, de- it also depends to what it also depends what you're counting because there's certain, there's like certain categories where I'm not number and stuff but Sweeney, overall Sweeney, look at look at this I, I just say it like this think about it this is like being the vice president you, that person is a heartbeat away from getting their account yeah. blocked and you going to number one exactly and we could make that happen i know yeah, people then, that know people that know phil but then i'm gonna we have be an sponsored angry by mob. dare sorry sorry Sweeney, you can't see it only i can see yeah. it on my thing mike and i are both drinking <laughs> dare are you drinking it too i can't <laughs> like see at the same time. dare if you want to sponsor us <laughs> We'll Please reach out. I just at the bottom of the screen. I just don't want an angry mob like yelling "Hang Swinney." That that's all. You know. What what did I'm... you say? Hang Swinney. Hang Swinney. Why would they do that? <laughs> that got dramatic quickly. <laughs> yeah, I know. What the heck? well the situation? If you know, if the, you got the vice president, you know, if I'm if, the, oh. if I'm equivalent oh. to the vice president, I just don't want that angry mob coming after. That's me. scary. Nah, man. you'll be all right. You'll be all right. You're scaring me now. Our three fans aren't gonna come after you. <laughs> and what have you been playing, Swinney? Uh, so, honestly, most of the week I've been playing a game that I'm actually going to review a bit later, so I won't spend very long Dark talking Souls? about it. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to review Dark Souls later. <laughs> um, I'm going to review a game called Blacksmith of the Sand Kingdom later on. So okay. that is actually what I probably put about 40 hours into this week. So that's most of my gaming time. I can't um, I did also go back to a game called Monochrome Order, which I quite like, which I'll probably talk a bit about next week when I've completed it. And I also started Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age on PC, only the just the intro of that game, and also started up Skyrim on PC. <laughs> so the I, first, I've I never say, played... You guys are sick. You guys are sick that I am catching up on these games as part of our game of some other year. And then it's almost like you're bragging or showing off you both by playing them and defeating them or getting straight through them so quickly, faster than I can. No, actually, oh, no, with Skyrim, not... I've never played it on PC, and I feel that that's. I feel that that is going to be uh, yeah. a good idea to do before we actually go to talk about it. So. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, look, it's it's the same game, especially if you've played the special edition. But yeah, some of but... the controls and stuff feel really good on PC. Well, the thing is, I've just having it running off SSD is like, oh my god, oh. It's so good because the loading screens in Skyrim are so long. Oh yeah. So, I'm playing it on the Switch because, you know, okay, so just to jump in, hmm. I said that I was going to play it on the PC and I'm like, I made that decision, I've changed, I've installed it and then I went back and played it on the Switch, <laughs> mostly because I looked through the game of some other year nominees that we decided the other show hmm. and I'm like, I don't actually have many on the Switch and I was going to buy LA Noir on the Switch until I found hmm. out it was 90 Australian dollars. What? <laughs> but hang on. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was. Oh, it's been on sale. Dollars, it's been on sale a couple can, of times. But hang but... on, you can get the physical physical copy. Which no, I, you can't find it. No, no, you can. Oh, you can't find it anymore because EB Games had so. it, and it was really? like twenty eight bucks pre owned. Yeah, I looked it up last week when I was when I was talking about it. Well, maybe it was like twenty eight bucks pre owned or something. Um, now, do they have any stock? I don't know, but that's. I thought I'm just going to look it up right now, so I'm not talking I shit. Think I think Switch is probably not the best place to play La Noir. Honestly, like. Because I just think it'd be better on other platforms. Would it though? It's not really the kind so. of game that needs sixty fine. FPS, yeah. right? I think so. Yeah. I just think I just don't think it's uh yeah. Me personally, like 
as the same, Xbox. Same with Skyrim. I, no, I just think it's it needs more a bit more grunt to it. There we go. Thirty eight bucks. It's, That's a it's lot. Thirty eight dollars. Yeah, well, it's it's a lot. It's still cheaper than ninety dollars. So <laughs> I say that, and I've got like you know my steel case, Super Mario three D World, and every amiibo exactly. with it. <laughs> Uh, no, there's no copies. This... I just looked for the used copies. Oh no, you are right. There are absolutely no copies. I mean, and... to that point, though, oh, no, Sweeney, yeah, there are. There's Swanson Street, at least for me. Yeah, not the, New South Wales though. Um, okay, we're doxing ourselves. But uh, no, oh, I actually. Gee. Oh, gee, I... you, there's there's three guys from Australia doing a podcast. Oh my god, where could they possibly be? <laughs> I I I always prefer playing on the Switch as long as it's not a massive hit in terms of performance. Even Skyrim, I actually prefer playing it on the Switch than the PC. Really? See, I, yeah. I, I'm with Swinney on this one, though. I So, I, I played uh, The Witcher, which is a game that you want performance in, I think, mm. and visuals and stuff. I half played it on the Switch and half played it... I, I talked to you guys about this before. Yeah, yeah. half played it on Switch PC. Up. And it was worlds apart in terms mm. of frame rate, in terms of quality, graphics, all that shit. But it was actually really cool and chill and fun to play it on the Switch. And mm. because it's so crammed down... It, didn't really it wasn't that bad and i actually enjoyed it more on the switch than i did on pc strangely enough so but then you don't agree with swinney on that one right well no i agree i agree am that i confused swinney i don't know no uh, no no no. i'm the one that's confused i agree that some games would benefit from it greatly but then other games it's like ah you know what i'll just I'll, graphics and and all that's not as important as the gameplay who gives a shit mm. so but I'm personally, I think, because I have it on, on Switch, so I'm sitting here going, oh, I should play it for for this game of some other year as well. Because I have it, well, I must put 150 hours on the Switch or whatever that is. You can you can look it up. Uh, Skyrim, you're saying Skyrim. In Skyrim, yeah, I'm talking about yeah. Skyrim. Yeah, you play it a lot and on the Switch. I play it quite a lot on the Switch, yeah. Um, but then I'm like, oh, I kind of want to play it on PC. Because every time I play it again on PC, I'm like, holy smokes, it's so much better in terms of... 60 fps and graphics and immersion well, the and all mods that. that's the that's the big and thing the mods me. yeah well so. the mods mods world are obviously way better on pc um at least on the xbox one version um that actually also has access to a lot of mods as well but it, of course Sorry. not as not as expensive as a pc I like it. You always try to bring it back to Xbox. What else have you been No, I was about to say Xbox and PS3, or? but then I realized that the PS3 version had issues, so I don't know where they got to there oh. with the mods on Skyrim. Look at the shade he's throwing at uh, No, because PS3. no, that was a specific thing. When they launched the mod platform, it wasn't, it wasn't available on PS3 because right. of an issue, so I just don't know where it got to, so I didn't want to say that. Ah, fair enough, fair enough. And have you been playing anything else this week? Oh, Dark just pretty Did much you clock Dark Souls again? Oh, wait, no, so I, did you, did was, you not clock Dark Souls once more this week? No, I was <laughs> going to do a Dark Souls playthrough of sorts, but I ended up spending way more time on uh, that. Black oh, fair enough. Game, so. fair by the way, by the way, can I just quickly interject? You, I am not kidding when I say that you must be up to your fifteenth playthrough of that game, Dark Souls. At least a fifth no. in the last month and a half. Eight, or something. eight I'd say. Uh, of Dark Souls, I'm probably yeah. about. Yeah, about 15, 16. Yeah, 15. Full yeah. playthroughs. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to say, though, because there's times when I'll play through, like, 75% of the game and things. So, it's like, yeah. it's hard to quantify. But, yeah, because I've, I've, I've gone back throughout the years. It's not just recently just to get, get it you into yeah. God. <laughs> say, yeah. oh, look it's at us being in this game. What are you talking about? I do that all the time. I do that all the time. Just go back and just do a random playthrough because it's just fun. 
I feel like this is swinging again. <laughs> it's ruining, just fun. I love it. Ruining the uh, the surprise of what the number one game will be for Game of Some Other Year. Just like with uh, you, you're very good Assassin's Creed tier list. But the only note that I'd give you is don't give away the top game <laughs> at the start of the video. I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to hide the fact that I'd mentioned <laughs> that Assassin's Creed Odyssey is my favourite Assassin's Creed game about 20 times on the podcast. Sure, so, but yeah. like, if someone just jumps on to a clip on the YouTube channel, by the way, uh, like, subscribe. We're almost at 100 subscribers, so get get <laughs> us up there. Uh, I'm sick of creating <laughs> accounts, dude. Let's get some real people. You know, like, if someone just jumps on the clip, they're not going to know that you, you're going to pick Odyssey. Well, yeah, screw that's true. Screw they might call you ignorant. They might call you ignorant. They should go back and listen to all of our two, two to three hour podcasts in, like, in order like before, they, say. before they get to the tier list. They need to listen to every single podcast. It's an aggressive start to the show. Jeez, um, wow. Mike. I thought I was the arsehole in the show. <laughs> what have you been playing? You leave my persona alone. So, uh, of course, I did another, I wouldn't say a full playthrough, uh, but I started Dark Souls again. <laughs> no surprise God, there. Guys. I wanted to experiment with a different build. I never, I never tried the Faith build. By the way, Where I don't like it, it. Uh, on Xbox, on Xbox oh, okay. One. Yeah, I tried to play it on Switch originally, and because I had previous to that played it on Xbox, it's hard to go back to 30 FPS in a game like that. Yeah, a game like that. Because that yeah. game is about, it's not about the graphics in the end, it's about the gameplay, and the gameplay benefits greatly from 60 FPS. Although I didn't mind Demon's Souls on PS3, which was 30 FPS. Yeah, it's, I'm sure it's better, it's, but then again, I never played the 60 FPS. Yeah, so. if you played yeah. that one, you'd be like, "There's no, you're not going to bother with the previous one." Also, I, think, just... I wonder how the Switch version goes in Blighttown. Like, I, it's fine. Yeah, I have no does, issues with it. it. Is. Yeah, okay. yeah, I, I, I got to, I finished. Uh, ooh, I think I, I don't think I. No spoilers for for Intergon. No spoilers for the audience. No, 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 no. no. And, I, and I was just thinking through whether I actually completely clocked the game. I didn't completely clock the game. I put in like 50, 60 hours into it though. Um, on on the switch, and what else? Oh, actually, it's it's been a really big week in gaming for me, actually. Ooh. So there's a few there's a few small uh, small announcements I need to make um, to buckle up. So I finally managed to get my hands on a copy from EB Games of. I'm really looking forward to playing this one, Destiny Two. <laughs> what are you doing? Why why have you bought a copy of Destiny Two? I'll tell you why, because I tried to trade it in and they wouldn't accept it. That was a joke, obviously. So what it's, I what, did not get on my hands on... It's not on their list anymore. No, you can't trade it anymore, because <laughs> it's free to play now, so you can't even trade it in. What Is it I free to play? My... I didn't actually know that. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Sure, we've covered it uh, on the show. The, the base <laughs> game. No, it went free to play the... before the show started. Oh, it did, yeah. Okay. And it wasn't... It, it was... Uh, it's obviously free to play for the, the base game, but the expansions you still pay for and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. makes sense. Then I got my hands on... A package. Oh, I was like, oh, okay. excited! It's it's from Deutschland through Deutsche Post. He's, oh, open, he's opening the package live on the show. I opened it up. I am opening the package. And live in the on the package, show. Not pre-cut it's not live. It's not live on the Joe. It's completely pre-cut. <laughs> not um, live on the Joe. In the package, I got the PlayStation dongle. Finally, oh, for the VR yeah, headset. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah, you should have guessed that when you said Germany, because everyone's saying how the package is from Germany. It's, it's quite coming weird. from Germany. Here's the thing, though. It's a camera adapter. I thought it'd, it'd be like some adapter for the entire kit. It looks like it's a camera adapter. <laughs> and I don't I don't quite get that. Is that because the camera itself doesn't work on 
on the ps5 the rest of the kit works not having it because i actually just got it the other day (laughs) here's the interesting thing about it though i i i found this quite fascinating so you know obviously we covered this on a previous show there was a huge delay on on people receiving the package um i'm looking at the customer's declaration on here and it's signed by i have no idea what his name is uh, on the 30th of November last year. That's when this thing was printed and signed. Now, they may have printed it and had a giant pile of these stickers that they were waiting to put on this, wow. these things. Or back on the 30th of November, they had already packaged everything. It just got stuck in transit. I don't know. I think something I actually went, never got went to the bottom with of the that. shipment to Australia, at least. It's, uh, it must have been that. In Australia. So, yeah, 30th of November is the date on these things, which is really fascinating. So that's that's that. Now, so I... have you wait? Did mm-hmm. you actually use your PlayStation? No, no, I haven't yet. I, I, I think didn't. I got it like yesterday or something. Oh, okay. it arrives, and I haven't had a chance to do it yet. Now, in in line with with me sticking to my to my New Year's resolutions, um, can you just with... maybe repeat that? Because every time we mention, it, I forget I, that honestly, a lot of people don't know what what your you playlist game, playlist games, I have wireless games and make a playlist, game. Playlist, yes. make a game. Okay, cool. With no so, targets, no goals, anything. No it's targets, no goals. Super loose. It's all subjective. So completely subjective. Terrible so goals. in order to in order to to stick to to my goals, I totally one hundred percent did not purchase a new switch. <laughs> What so you hell? can't see this. You can't what see the, this, Swinney. But I've got switch. the red and blue Mario, Mario switch right here. Uh, I, I haven't opened it yet, that, to be honest. Yeah, well, look. I, it, it, let's just say EB made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Which so <laughs> they came to your house which, and made you an offer. They did. They're like, "Hey, man, we want to give you the switch. We want to give." No, I'm not going to say you that. Woke up with Yoshi's I, I was told I have bed. to be clean on this. Good, good I woke thing up you got Yoshi's head Good thing you got that before, like. All the shops closed. <laughs> Probably good. Oh, but yeah, look, we should so, say that, that there's a snap lockdown in uh, Melbourne where you guys... There is, yeah. We're not allowed to go anywhere. And obviously, <laughs> it would have been closed. Now, I... I okay, the, the offer that I couldn't refuse was the fact that you could trade in your existing Switch and pay one ninety nine only for the new Switch. And I was sitting there going, man, is one ninety nine worth mm. trading something in for what what is effectively what? Much better battery life, which was on my number mm. one sell point. And not having Joy-Con drift, I'm like, yeah, look, probably, probably. Well, you're not going to remove I said I wasn't gonna... Joy-Con drift. You get a delay no, you it. just get a new Joy-Con. <laughs> you just delay, you delay it for yeah, a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, hey, let, let, whatever the case may be. And then when I inquired more into it, it turns out that it's not so much that you pay one ninety nine; it's that they bump the price of the switch you're trading in to a higher amount. But it also turned out they give you an extra twenty percent on your switch. So if you're level four, which I happen to be, they bump it up by another 20%. So it's less than 199. And I'm like, wow, this is suddenly starting to become much more, much more of a, a good, good, good idea to do. And then I looked at a bunch so of can Switch games. For a second. Yeah. So wait, you're saying 199 was the bumped up level. So they were going to offer you. No, no, no. Else. They were going to from, no, no, they were. So, so the way, the way they do it is, is, you know, the switch is 469 what they do is they get uh, your trade-in value for your normal switch and they bump it up. Yeah. So you only have to pay a difference of one ninety nine. But what seemed to have happened when this guy did it is he actually said, oh, you actually get an extra 20% on the bump up. So right. whatever the mats is, instead of one ninety nine, you only have to pay like, say, 170 or whatever. Okay. So I'm like, hey, that's pretty good. 
And then any games you traded in, they would bump those up by 20% as well. Mm-hmm. So I had a whole bunch of, of, of games that I just wasn't playing anymore on the Switch, like Children of Morda, um, uh, Siberia, and a whole bunch of games that I swear to God I bought from EB Games for really cheap. As in, I remember buying some of those um, at around Christmas or something for $9 each. They had that sale on. They ended up trading some of those back in for like $15, $20 plus. Which is I think, really odd. I think you're like the only person in Australia who's winning on these deals from EV games. Massive win, dude. So I've, I've in been the end, there where they literally said, out. oh, this game is like, we'll give you a dollar. This is 50 cents. No, they gave, me a, they gave me so much more than what I bought oh. the games from them a couple of months ago. So whatever. Anyway, they're, they're, it's their business. They can run it how they want. Um, <laughs> anyway, I also got to keep the power brick which, you know, by itself is like, <laughs> okay. what, 30, 40 bucks? Because I use that for, I, I want it as a secondary thing to charge to charge the Switch. And I also wanted it because I charge my other USB-C devices with it. And the official um, Nintendo USB-C cable, which is meant to be good quality as well. So I kept those. And with all of that, I ended up paying $40 to upgrade my Switch. So like, it kind of became a bit of a no-brainer. Like, I get to keep all that stuff. I get to do that. Sure. Got rid of, like, five games I was never going to play. Hell, like, this worked out really well. So I was pretty happy with that. But anyway, then I thought, you know what? This is, this is not enough. I can, I can do better. I can, I, can, I can achieve more in life. So I went out. And I got myself. Whoa, what the hell? This dude? bad boy. <laughs> Mike is showing a Series X on the screen. Series X. <laughs> now, Mike, Mike really I'm living up to I'm totally, his resolution. I'm totally living up to my resolutions of not buying more crap. Now, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. There is there is a method to, to the seemingly completely nonsensical madness and inconsistencies in what I do and say. Um, again, I used a trade deal. So... <laughs> So it turns out my Xbox uh, One X, I managed to trade that and I think five games from memory for $470. So then again, it, it became one of the situations where I'm like, oh, hang on a minute. That's, that means I can get a Series X for like 280 300 bucks. Yeah, screw it. Let's just do it. You know, Mike, I'm, I'm thinking you should have probably made this a segment at this point. <laughs> Yeah, I probably should have made it a segment. Sorry. Whatever. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, now, if people want to know some tips on how you do that, you know, reach out. I, c- I can tell you all about it. So, yeah. So, the, so the Series X upgrade, if you could call it that, came out to approximately, I think it was like around 260, 270 bucks to upgrade to the Series X by trading that crap in. Now, the reason, and in case anyone happens to want to go do it as well, the reason is they've got an offer at the moment, which doesn't sound great on paper but it, it actually turns out to be pretty good you get 260 dollars for your uh your xbox one x uh you have to trade one game in but it can literally be any game so i traded in i don't even remember what it was, it was like a three it was a three dollar game like the typical one to three dollars you could trade a fifa or something and they bump it up to 20 bucks so you automatically get 280 bucks and on top of that there's nothing stipulating on their sheet that says they can't bump you with your EB World card. So the guy bumped that up by another 20% to like 336 bucks. And then I traded in a bunch of games again. I think it was five games that, again, I just wasn't playing and they were worth peanuts and I bought them for less um, three, four months ago from EB. 
and yeah, it, when I looked at the receipt, I'm like, holy moly, it added up to like 470 bucks worth of crap um, as a trade value. So that made that a bit of a no-brainer. Mm. Uh, but in, in saying all of that, technically, I'm sort of kind of still sticking to my minimalism thing, which is I haven't... <laughs> well, hear me out, hear me out. I, I haven't... I haven't... I, I bought more crap, but I got rid of crap as well, right? I got rid of a whole bunch of games that I was going to put on eBay <laughs> Um, I got rid of the consoles. So I just replaced them with with newer versions of the consoles, so to speak. So I'm not like collecting more crap. I'm just replacing old junk with new junk. So I I'm kind of still actually, sticking with that. I'm. I, I'll take your side on that. I think what? that no, it's a net. It, it essentially he's actually got less. I actually have less stuff. Now. I got rid of. I got he's rid of like less. ten ten games. <laughs> oh, so you guys are funny. There's no no concept in minimalism. Which is about <laughs> dumping things and acquiring new things. That's not what minimalism is about. No, but he, okay. He so basically, he basically like that's did an RPG. That's it was an RPG style. He upgraded his his equipment. Basically. Yeah, but that's I not upgraded minimalism. my equipment. I used my. I used well. No, but it kind of okay. So okay, let me let me let me ask you this I'll, I'll one. Explain, let me ask, I'll explain. No, why wait, hang on, hang on. Let, let me let me. It's unnecessary. Let me, you don't need a Series X, and you don't need a new Switch. It's no, but minimal, like minimalism isn't nece- necessarily just about pure necessity. There, there is an element of you know, does a particular thing you know spark joy? And uh, I don't want to quote Mary Kondo, but you no, get I what I mean. I think that's a Mary Kondo thing. That's not minimalism. No, but I think it's part of. To me, it's part of it. I, I mean, if I can have one console only, I'd rather have a Series X than an Xbox One because the Series X does everything the Xbox One does. Does it, more. does it? Does it spark joy? Does it spark joy? Looking and, at and the it, box, it has no exclusives at all. Yeah, well, I, I messaged my mate who who has an Xbox One. I couldn't tell you guys obviously because I wanted to have it as a surprise. But I sure. messaged my mate who had one, and he's like, "I look forward to playing a multiplayer game with you in 2022 because <laughs> there's literally <laughs> nothing on it." <laughs> so, um, so there's That's that. Now, now, okay, uh, riddle me this about minimalism since we're kind of talk, talking about it now. Uh, just give you a heads up: we're going pretty yeah. long, and we haven't. I know. Sorry, into okay, God okay, yet. Okay. So, I'll, I'll be super, maybe I'll be super let's quick. not delve I'll be, into I'll be, minimalism. I'll be super duper quick about this. Be minimalist um, about minimalism. I I I went I went and chucked a whole bunch of my wardrobe because I've become a bit of a fat bitch and I can't fit into a whole bunch of stuff or they're uncomfortable to wear because they're too tight. It's not that the clothes are small; it's that I'm too big. Yeah, I'm, I'm too fat. fat. I'm fat. I am. I'm, I'm fat. Fat shaming. Fat shaming because that's I deserve it. I deserve to be slapped that's and fat kink. shamed. That's your kink. It is totally my kink. All right, let's get, uh, let's get on. So anyway, I got rid of that. I got rid of a whole bunch of clothes and I went to Kmart. And I bought eight black plain t-shirts mm. and three plain gray t-shirts for pajamas. And that is my entire wardrobe now. Sans this Deadpool t-shirt and like another t-shirt that I have that's got shit written on it. Now, is that technically breaking the rule as well? Because I went out and bought more crap? Absolutely it is. But I'm donating the other ones that I had to charity. And they're all in good condition. They're just too small. Mm. I'm too big they're not too small that concludes this episode of mike's life that's my life (laughs) i'm slowly trying to take over the podcast and and create my own little so you you do have all all of the current gen consoles and i've got all the current i'm a spoiled little brat (laughs) you're a smug arrogant ignorant smug arrogant ignorant (laughs) spoiled little minimalist um, wannabe brat just for me quickly and then we'll move on to the first yeah what, is, what did you play is I, I i haven't had much time to play many games actually unfortunately uh, it's just been a really crazy week but i have played uh bowser's fury and we'll cover it later 
I was going to pick up the steel case. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's on this side. So I've been playing Bowser's Fury. I completed that. And uh, we'll share my thoughts later in the show. Just to keep you intrigued. Nice. Did I like it? Mm, interesting. <gasps> Did he do the like we, a Mario game? We actually don't really know. <laughs> I'm wearing a Bowser t-shirt. <laughs> well, I was like, oh, we I'm can't see, so no idea. You, you'll see it in the, in the show later. Um, nice. Yeah, so all right, let's get into the first story. Uh, so Cyberpunk 2077 developers, CD Projekt Red, were hit by a cyber attack this week with many confidential company files and source code for many of their games stolen and held to ransom. This was posted this week on the CDPR Twitter. I did note that they were not using their classic, now infamous, yellow background. Um, and in the statement, it just read that they had a ransom note uh, that was left by the perpetrators, stole a various amount of accounting, admin, legal, HR, and investor relations information. Uh, they did also post that uh, ex-employees, if they would need to reach out to them, uh, they can at a certain email address. And that they should turn on fraud alerts, which indicates that potentially ex-employees also had their details stolen in the hack. Uh, in terms of the stolen source code, you've got t- Cyberpunk 2077, Witcher 3, Gwent, and also it appears to be the next-gen RTX Witcher 3 version as well. Uh, CD Projekt Red have already come out saying they will not give in to the demands or negotiate. Um, so as subsequently post that post... Uh, the hackers apparently have sold on a, a dodgy dark net, I guess, website, uh, the source code and other information. And the bidding was going to start at, I think, about a million dollars up to $7 million. So if it was like an eBay auction, buy it now for $7 million. And it was like uh, chunks of 500000 So In Mike, Bitcoin Mike, or your, money. Your, your favorite game of last year, Cyberpunk 2077. How, yep. how did this hit you? And this year as well. It hit me hard. It hit me really hard. Look, all jokes aside, um, I think it's a, it's a scummy thing to do oh, um, to to do something like this. Um, you know, initially I joked around thinking, "Ha, what if it's just a PR stunt to uh, to kind of you know get the heat off?" It's not that. <laughs> I seriously don't think it's that. No, I think not. legit. It obviously is is a hack. Um, really uncool. Um, the fact that someone someone did that, I think the way the guys reacted to it is really good, especially reaching out to past employees and stuff. Um, it, it just sucks. They're already under a shit ton of pressure, and they, I mean, the entire team at CDPR to, mm. to fix the game. Uh, and I really do think, I mean, we spoke about how they screwed up, but we spoke about how I really do think they're trying to make things better with, with us, um, the gamers. And it just sucks. It's like such a low blow. Things are going shit. And then all of a sudden, mm. someone just kicks you in the balls even more and harder. It, it's it's not cool. Um, other than that, I don't know what else to say, to be honest. I'm really just, I'm, I'm disappointed. Really disappointed someone would do that. And did you want to talk about this uh, ransom note, Swinney? Oh, yeah. The, the ransom note was the most, like, mid-2000s hacker movie-style <laughs> ransom note. Have you actually... Have you got the wording? Yeah, I, I got it up on the screen, so it's in the video, but I'll read it out. Do you want me to read the whole thing out? It's not that long. Yeah, oh. let's go. It, it's, uh, this is all the notes, so this is obviously not us uh, giving demands to CD Projekt Red. <laughs> Hello, CD Projekt. Your... And they've spelt your incorrectly. So, <laughs> from the start, I put a little sick in there as well, just to make sure people know that we're not making a mistake. Your have been epically pwned or owned. We have dumped full copies of the source codes from your Perforce server 
for Cyberpunk 2077 Witcher 3 Gwent and the unreleased version of Witcher 3! Three exclamation marks. We also dumped all of your documents relating to accounting, administration, legal, HR, investor relations, and more. Also, we have encrypted all of your servers, but we understand that you most likely recover from backups. (laughs) If we will not come to an agreement, then your source code will be sold or leaked online and your documents will be sent to our contacts in gaming journalism. Your public image will go down the shitter even more and people will see how shitty your company functions. Investors will lose in your company and the stock will dive even lower. You have 48 hours to contact us. <laughs> there's just so well, much in this night. Well, there's, uh, I've got to give them credit for one thing. They're uh, true to their word if they apparently did sell the source code. They weren't bluffing. <laughs> and there's reputable sources that say that they did sell it. So, Oh, people would buy it for sure. But why? The thing, like, this the is, thing with I the source don't code. Understand why would you buy it? Yeah, like what are you going to do? As soon as you use it for anything that anyone can see, people are going to know that that's where it came from. You know? Hacking tools, um, mods. Yeah, um, but, sorry, Mike. The modding community doesn't have like <laughs> millions of. But I don't know. But obviously, someone, someone out there, if they did buy it, had it had. You know, thoughts that it's valued at that. So, someone, if someone actually paid that, right, it means right. there's a reason why someone out there, they have their reasons why they did it. So, there must be reasons. It's not like they just had a million dollars spare chump change in bitcoins or whatever lying around that they wanted to get rid of. You know, the only it's thing kind of, that I could think is like there's a thousand employees. I just checked at CDPR and identity theft, things like that. You know, a lot of people go down that route, but that then I thought it didn't it have like, any of that, did it? No, it did. Like, from the fact that they came out saying, we don't believe ex-employees' details were mm. stolen, it kind of implies that current employees' details were stolen. Potentially, Look, yeah. it had HR yeah. documents. Again, it's going to have information about employees. They specifically mm. said that it they did it's not contain any it. personal data of players and yes. users of their services. So they yeah. said, and with this, you know, like a lot of businesses these days, especially them, uh, have to abide by all the GDPR mm. regulations about disclosing um, yeah. when when things are, you know, when this GDPR happens. GDPR or CDPR? CDPR. CDPR have to comply with GDPR. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. Um, so they're, they're not going to, they're not going to lie about that. You know, they would have had to disclose if that was the case. So, Can we label this episode CDPR, GDPR? That would probably appeal to about 1% of people. <laughs> I don't care. I, I deal with I don't GDPR care. a lot. What's 1% so... of three people? Like, <laughs> round it up round to it one up. person. It's still <laughs> yeah, a third. No. It's still a third. So 33%. It's a, fi- it's a finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this note is just like, it just goes into the mindset of people who do this kind of stuff. Where it's, I just don't get it. I guess they've got made a lot of money out of it. And normally with these type of hacks, they're pretty straightforward. Like either you get in or you don't get in. So I guess it made sense, but... Do we think they targeted them specifically because it's CDPR and maybe there was an agenda or you just think they just, they saw there was a, there was something they could get into and they just did it? People are always Um, trying to knock on doors. That's, that's kind of like, there's a, I was chatting to actually where I work, some of the security team and they're really good. Like some of the best in Australia. And the kind of analogy is it's like they walk, you know, like actually like in real life, like criminals will go around and case houses, just look at them and sort Mm. of go, well, you know, what's this kind of security here? 
And it's like the whole door knocking thing. It's like, well, was anyone home? Cat. Knock on the door. You know, have you ever, oh, like this has happened to me a few times. Have you ever like had someone knock on the door yes. and then it sort of like makes no sense what they're saying or like what they're I asking have, for? But I'm aware that that's happening. And yeah. it, it, it happened twice in both times. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, because I'm aware I'm we, aware. We are happens. literally instituting so, a swear jar. Um, <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry. I just, for charity. It's, it's, literally, for charity. it's literally what, I'll, I'll do it for charity. It's literally what I said because I was aware for many yeah, years yeah, yeah, now yeah, that yeah. something yeah. like that happens. And I've yeah. been broken into before, so. Yeah, so I'm, I'm like security is a bit like that. They they will constantly going around to servers and attacking services and just seeing like off the shelf things where it should have been updated, hasn't been updated. Maybe the update cycle is too slow. Okay, an existing exploit will work here. Bang it in. See what kind of leverage position they can get internally. Mm. It's actually not as hard as you think it is. No, but I feel like to to Swinney's point, I do feel that maybe they tried harder with this one. If if that makes sense, it wasn't just like a random oh. We happen to be able to get into CDPR's maybe, systems. I actually maybe think it, they tried to get into it. Yeah, maybe it's like they, so they than... had their attention on it. Absolutely. Not, not necessarily they that they worked yeah. as hard as they could ever, yeah. but maybe it was just like, maybe we'll try to get into these guys because they're annoying us or whatever. So, so I've, I've got Annoying to... us by what? Promising something that we wanted, but we didn't get... It's so childish. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I've 100%. got two, two just thought, general thoughts about this. First of all, I feel for... As as Mike was saying, I feel for the these guys. This you know the people working there. This just must. This is just kicking someone when they're down. Oh yeah. And mm. the second one is, man, next gen Witcher three ray tracing. Oh, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the hackers can release ray tracing mods and stuff for it. Well, that yeah, was get the thing the source that code, be into it. Give us some good mods. Oh, it won't have a separate team, Alyssa. <laughs> bring that on. I was surprised oh. that they'd work so much on it because I kind of. My gut feel was like they might have paused that or not really kicked it off, you know? How many people are working on it where obviously Cyberpunk has got so many issues that they're still working through, so... It's also like how, what, given the issues that, that they're having with, with Cyberpunk, yeah, how, how, how many resources do you keep on yeah. the, the Witcher 3 and, you know, I think they would have had to pull a whole bunch of people in, in an emergency to get them onto Cyberpunk, so... Because they're not that this... big compared to, like... Other comparable AAA studios, yeah, like Rockstar or something. Yeah, so I don't know. That really surprised me when it sounded like, yeah, they have a fully fledged version. Maybe it's not yeah, as but, hard as I think it is, to be honest. Yeah, but the, the biggest difference I think between, say, something like Rockstar and something like CDPR is those guys run on vodka, man. They're like <sighs> machines. It's mm. constantly downing that sweet, sweet East European vodka. The yeah. the only this is really <laughs> left field, but the only. The only economic out that I could see potentially is, and I don't want to cast dispersions, but this is just factual because you can look at the market, is uh-huh. in the Chinese market, copyright just isn't the same as it is in the West. Like, there's blanket examples. I sent you guys, you know, that cyberpunk clone that they released in China. It's like almost uh-huh. the exact same box art. You could barely tell the difference. So whether, you know, because the Chinese market's massive, they they have leaked the red engine, which drives all of these games. So maybe like that's an angle because other off the shelf tools are quite expensive, even in China. You know, yeah, like Unreal possible. Engine, Unity. There's a lot of money that has to go out, you know, to build those style of games. And I guess if you steal like a, an engine, you know, they could always turn around and argue, well, it's not from that. 
I mean, there's obviously work it something. Out. Someone uh, paid money for it. There's yeah. obviously a need for it. No one's just going to do it willy nilly. Yeah. Uh, on a re- on a very related topic, I think this week was also the week that uh, that um, the journalist Joe Hildenbrand got hacked. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the the hacker messaged him on WhatsApp saying, "Hey, hey, bro, I got your account." Uh, you got to pay me to get it back. And he's like, no, nah, you can keep it. <laughs> yeah. And he and handled like, it in the best uh, way. Hang on a minute. And he said, what? sell it and we'll split it. He's like, sell it, we'll, we'll split the profit 50-50. Does that sound fair? <laughs> All right, let's And let's then he was, he was asking if he could pay the hacker to keep the account. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, so the next big set of news that we have this week is E3. So the ESA, which apparently hasn't, the board of the ESA hasn't been fully across uh, the statements from the the group that organizes E3, which is a bit confusing, uh, but they are moving forward with E3 2021, uh, not in a live event as a face-to-face event as some places are still trying to do in 2021. I believe PAX is still trying to do a face-to-face event, which is That's interesting. Insane. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, Australia would, you'd never see that in Australia. I don't think, even though we don't really have a huge problem with coronavirus generally. I mean, you guys are in lockdown at the moment, but the pitch in terms of E3 2021 is that it will be a three day live stream event. Uh, they're again, asking for two hour keynotes, uh, award shows, previews, potentially demos, things of that nature. Uh, and then really working out a way to get, you know, the audience participating in it. Uh, the sort of curveball there is, as as sort of you know disclosed by some publishers, that e, the ESA is still requesting uh, quote six figure sum for publishers to participate. Uh, last year, the 2020 version was cancelled. Uh, they were trying to stick with the face to face version of it almost up to the last minute, uh, and we had other companies already pull out of it. So Sony, EA, Activision, and other companies just deciding to do their own separate events. Uh, and then even with the last edition in 2019 of E3, Nintendo didn't do a keynote and they hadn't for a few years. And just Could the final this thing... spell the death of E3? Well, that's the mm. question, you know, and and I guess to segue, you know, Jeff Keighley, who has been running a few events last year, initiated the Summer Games Fest, which is uh, offensive to people in the Southern Hemisphere. It's the Winter yeah. Games Fest. Winter Games, Jeff. thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Forget about a billion people, Jeff. Um, so he's often worked with E3, uh, to present the main show and he'd pulled out last year and then now has pulled out formally, uh, for E3. And I think it's a bit of the writing on the wall there. Uh, they didn't pivot to a digital event. I think he's very much trying to do that. Uh, and then I guess the question is, Swinney, you know, how viable is E3 going forward? And even in this year? Well, even before the pandemic, E3 was really struggling. So Mm. they had that leak. Um, of all oh, the terrible. the data that was like all the game, so many people get across games media had to actually like some people changed addresses. Wow. Most people had to change their phone numbers because it all got leaked, and it was just like an open Excel form or like some kind of you know spreadsheet form. Yeah, directly accessible via the website. It was such an amateur job. Um, so and, and just to just I don't want to move off that point just for a second. Like you know, especially. Unfortunately, there is a very, very small element in gaming of like creepy people. And especially for female journalists, they were like getting calls out of the blue. That's like, you know, I just remember Alana Pierce. So she's a pretty well-known journalist. And now Australian. um, Yeah. Yeah. Aussie. 
uh, now with Sony actually and in Santa Monica, that studio, but she was getting calls and it was like, Hey, Alana, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, who are you? I don't even know who you are. And she had to get rid of her number from like 15 years that she'd had that. That is annoying as hell. Like that would drive me insane. I'd be basically like, I'll never deal with this company again. I would sue them. I would sue them. Some people try to, I think. So that was, that was obviously a huge thing at the time. And then when Mm. it led up to last year's before anyone had even heard of, of, or really it was a blip on the radar, this, uh, the pandemic, um, then, yeah, we had Sony pull out, uh, as you mentioned, all them. And mm. even up to last minute, so then they made this big announcement about working with an event partner called IM8Bit oh, uh, yeah. to, to completely, you know, reinvent the show and the experience and the activations and all the marketing bull crap. And then they pulled out. And that was before mm. that the, the physical event had been cancelled. And then obviously then the pandemic came into full flow. So it was already, it was already really struggling. Um Look, at least they're not trying to do an in-person event. You know, that would be completely stupid for them to try to mm. do that. Um, who knows? Like, I've listened to a lot of people talk about this. And is it, is it worth it for these these companies anymore? You know, a lot of them, especially the big platform holders, are doing their own digital events. And so they don't really need the exposure that E3 used to give them. Um, I still love E3. Like, period. I think you know, as as gamers, we love hearing about ah the, oh, the big keynotes, uh, conferences, hmm. and the announcements. But a lot of that stuff is happening now. It's just they don't. They may not need E3. To yeah. Do it. Well, I think I think I think ultimately, as as someone who's into gamers, I think largely are relatively antisocial, but. Not not antisocial per se, but you know they're not really the kind of people that necessarily need to go to big events and stuff like that. But there's a there's a place for that. It's fun. It's cool to go to these things in person, um, and actually have these kind of events where you can meet up with other people in real life and and do these things. Well, and in, it's I'll to just me, say it's important. Think it adds. I'll say it's important to clarify that E3 never used to be that. They only opened it up to the public a few years ago. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and, and just just like on that. No, that so was... it was always just for press, but it was yeah, pretty it was easy. Show. It was a trade Yeah, it was pretty easy to well, get I... hold okay. of a press well, pass. But... Find something else then. <laughs> but it wasn't. Packs. It wasn't meant to be a press event. I mean, you go back to first principles. What what is it? It's meant to be a trade show. So it's meant to be publishers, platform holders, everyone getting together and ne- negotiating deals. Hey, I'm a publisher. I need more games. Huh. What are the games out there? You know, that's how it was always structured. And then they eventually let press in to cover and promote and create media and marketing buzz for magazines. And the funny thing is, like in Australia, we'd often see this stuff months after it happened. You know, E3 was always like June, July. You know, we're hearing about it in October in Australia, mm-hmm. which is quite funny. Um, and I think just from a first principles perspective, it made a lot of sense. Like you need to have that back in the 90s and early 2000s. Now... We're in a, such a different era where, you know, you can reach out to publishers directly as an individual and get press just from, you know, people who are hyped about your game. Um, you know, the world has changed so much. It This this online version, to me, makes no sense. And, that, that like, Sony had already pulled out, so Sony are not going to go back in. That makes no sense. And mm. Nintendo basically had notionally pretty much pulled out of E3. It was really, like purely like a bit of a marketing play for them, not really to promote much of much of their new stuff. They hadn't done that since maybe 
when Zelda is announced back well, in 2016, they, they went, right? They went pretty strong on the show floor stuff, but not and but that's from a not marketing an option. Point of view, it wasn't yeah, like, but that's not an option anymore. So yeah. the value to them is non-existent. Yeah. yeah. So and, and then you're just left with Microsoft, and the only thing that I can think is, you know, E three has a traditional lane into mainstream media more than any other thing in gaming. I would say. I will still like, say also Bethesda and Ubisoft are also like. I'm talking the big keynote conferences and stuff. So it's it's essentially those three are probably the big three that we're yeah, still doing. Yeah, but Bethesda's going to be a part of Microsoft by the time this happens. Yeah, and that's, of course, yeah. Like, true. it'd be bizarre if they had a Bethesda show and a Microsoft show. I find that really weird if they did that. Um, yeah. yeah, so what are you left with? Just, like, Ubisoft and Microsoft? It's just kind of pointless. And also, by the way, Ubisoft has their forward events that seem to be working fine for them. Mm-hmm. Um it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. The only angle is, again, that mainstream press seem to pick up on E3 just because it's a thing in the calendar. They have the existing relationships. That might be mm. the one angle you look at. And then that then makes you go, well, Microsoft needs the most amount of press out of the big three. So maybe that's why they do work with E3 to do something. Um, but I think it's going to be a very, very hollow version of it. And it was already hollowing out. Personally, I'd, I'd prefer thing. just like having the news happen when it happens. Like, I don't know why we have to try to set like three days. Yeah, pump everything. In. All the pressure that comes in on developers on really the only the only good thing it is, is that it's it's a way to get publicity for your particular thing. So if you're um, a smaller developer or a smaller company or something, it's a way to get something in there and advertise and then more, it's got a broader reach. Yeah, I that's do think potentially there's... The only, Sorry, go, mm-hmm. go, go. No, no, that's that's the one thing. The the only quick thing I was also going to say is if there's there's one thing I actually really miss, and that's the game trailers website. You guys remember that GT? Yeah. That to me it was always my favorite because it had. I don't know why. Maybe it's just the way I read information and stuff. It almost had like the least bull approach. I remember going there, and it was just easy to see the trailers and see what what stuff were, was at different events and that. And that got shut down and it just made you realize that, wow, even big sites, and that was a pretty big site. A lot mm. of us used to go into that. Even big things like that can just disappear. So it's nothing's, you know, I'm not saying don't take it for granted, but just because E3 was massive doesn't mean it's going to be the thing anymore. Just, it might not even exist in a couple of years. Just to go back to your point about, oh, the only thing we, you know, there is an important part that a lot of people don't think about with E3 and, and Intercot, you were mentioning it about from a trade show standpoint that a lot of business deals and a lot of publishing deals happen at E3. Yeah. And yeah. when you lose that and you lose GDC as well happening in person, suddenly a lot of, we're not going to, like this has an impact that no one will ever know because a lot of those, a lot of those business deals don't happen. Um, and Or they happen behind closed doors. <laughs> No, but the point is that a lot of these happen because someone met someone, you know, yeah, yeah. At, oh, yeah. not okay. so much at random, but like, okay, they they met them at a bar, and then suddenly mm. they're like, "Hey, come mm. to our come to our sh- uh, thing tomorrow and and present to us and things," and mm-hmm. so you, you're going to lose a lot of that. And look, that was never going to happen in the pandemic era anyway. But I think that uh, yeah, a lot of people don't think of that angle of why. So you're telling me, you're telling me what we should be doing is spinning off a virtual bar where people can hang out and pitch ideas and stuff. Yeah, it's called Animal Crossing. Mm. <laughs> I, don't, I actually don't get the joke, Mike. It's not a joke. It's a business idea. 
No, there's already there's an app called House Party. Oh no, not House Party. I'm so old. Uh, Clubhouse. No. Clubhouse. <laughs> I'm on it. I can okay. invite you if you want. No. You can create like okay. rooms and stuff like that. It's I'll fine. probably dox myself by showing my screen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay well away from Clubhouse. Actually, it does have my yeah, initials. I'm good. It Ooh, sounds a bit weird. I'm gonna like it censor it. I'm gonna censor it. People can work out my, what my initials and my real name is. Oh yeah, they'll they'll totally work that out. I'm, dude, it's gonna happen inevitably. I, I told you. All right, this. just to conclude, like, do we think E3 is going to go ahead or not in 2021? No, no, mm, no not in person. I, I think no, the, no. <laughs> as in, in, I don't think the digital stuff will happen. I love you. That. Reckon a digital one happen either? Okay. No. Yeah. Uh, well, boy. we know an in person's not mm. ha- happening. I <laughs> know. Are we you know listening that. at all? <laughs> no, we've established. Are you listening? That I'm not it. listening. I've said it. multiple times I do not listen. Uh, <laughs> well, I li- I don't know. Maybe. Yes, I think it might still. They might pull a rabbit out of a hat and go ahead with it. I, I think it'll go ahead and I think it'll be yeah. really embarrassing. I think it would just be like they, they the fact that oh. they couldn't pivot and gear up for an online event last year when I think everyone would have been on board with them doing it to establish something. I think it just shows that they lacked a lot of confidence to get the mm. online stuff working. And that's really not easy. Like I do some similar stuff like that at work. And man, there's a lot of technical issues when you're having even hundreds of people watching something, a video feed. Then when you amplify that to millions, like that's the Game Awards. They get millions of people watching simultaneously now. And I don't feel like they'll run it through like a YouTube or Twitch. They'll yeah, want to run it through their own thing. And that's They're just really going to have to bite the do. bullet and do that. No, it's not easy. So I, I think they'll do it. I think it will have very few people participate. I think Microsoft will I think no, Nintendo will only notionally, they won't do a keynote. And I think it will fail. I think like the stream will go down and it'll be a bit of a meme. And I, I honestly think it'd be like the last nail in the coffin for E3. I look but, forward to the Rockstar Energy Drink uh, keynote conference because everyone else has pulled out. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. Let's get on to the next story. Uh, so now we have a date, a release date for the big... Probably like the biggest one that's come out so far, I would say, PlayStation 5 exclusive, Ratchet and Clank, or as in our notes say, Ratchet and Clank, <laughs> Rift Apart. Uh, the release date is going to be 11th of June, 2021. Initially, the game was uh, described as coming out in the launch window. I would argue that this is not the launch window anymore. Uh, it's been developed by Insomniac Games. Uh, This is the first game in the series since 2016's remake of Ratchet and Clank. And this is one of my anticipated games of 2021, as I feel like this is a true next-gen game based on what they've shown so far. Um, I think it's still, I think it's still in the launch window because no. Would you argue it's a launch window? Well, I would argue outside of the. Yeah, because there's no stock. There's no stock. So in, in terms of in terms of penetration of the market, there's not. A lot of stock still, I think. Anyway, don't, don't was... go back to it. To it. I'm not on. going back to it. I was, tr- I was so I was proud actually... of him, not going on with it. I was so proud of him. And then I you was had to trying try to open to... it up. Because I was trying to get my thoughts together to explain the point I was trying to make, which is that that because of so little stock in the hands of, of consumers, I feel like he's still it's still relatively early on in that sense, in that cycle. So yeah. Mm. Still part of part of the and are you looking forward to it? Because we, we know that uh, Sweeney is an Xbox shill and doesn't have a PlayStation 
2, 3. Oh, no, you got a PlayStation 2. PlayStation 3, 4, or 5. Uh, so I'm not going to ask him if he's looking forward to it. Are you, are you, is this something that's on your radar, Mike? Nope. I was never <laughs> into the previous games. Um, I, I heard they're really good games and everything. I just unfortunately just never got into them. It's one of those mm. Mario games are amazing. I just never really heavily got into Mario games. That's true. That, that amazes me that you haven't really played any Mario games. Like, that's baffling. Because you're, you're like, in a weird way, the most rounded gaming person on the podcast. Well, no, that's the thing. I played some. I played quite a few of them. I just never really got into the whole thing. Like, I never finished Galaxy. I never finished Odyssey. Well, you um, barely played it from memory as well, right? Galaxy? No, Odyssey. Like a quarter. Odyssey, like, maybe a, a tenth. Yeah. yeah, just like a world or two. And yeah. it's not because I didn't enjoy it. Not, nothing like that. I have nothing against... My, I have something against the the complete reuse of of a brand, but I have nothing against the games themselves. They're solid games. They're amazing. Each each one has something really cool about it that I quite enjoy. There's just too much stuff out there. So, yeah, there's all the priorities. fifth playthrough of Dark Souls to go through. I know. I, I've got a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I, I'm uh, seeing someone for that. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I think the thing for me is that. Like, I'm just nervous that this game's going to launch and it's going to be like $120 Australian at launch. Hmm. Which, like, I guess is the equivalent to almost the equivalent to the $70 US standard that games are launching at now. Yeah. I just think we've been spoiled in Australia because we've been, we like, games have been launching spoiled. for like 40, 50 US dollars equivalent for a long time. Yeah, yeah weird we got heaps of games. So. Yeah, like 70 buck games. It's super cheap. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Especially and, given our, you know, lack of uh, lack of scale, mm. I'm really surprised that Australia got it so good. Yeah. So again, like I'm, I'm really looking forward to this because this game is a game where they've only built it to work on the PS5. I think it makes perfect sense from a business perspective why they've been launching games on the PS4, including games that were thought to be exclusive to next gen, like RE8. Now is being confirmed as backwards compatible. Well, not backwards compatible. Releasing on last gen. So I always thought um, that was the case. I never thought that. No, they never announced that. They only ever said it was going to come out on the PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. Mm. Um, so, and they were asked the question. They didn't answer it, but they just said we can confirm that it's coming out on the PS5. But then, obviously, in that show that we had a few weeks ago, they'd confirmed that it was coming out on uh, PS4 and Xbox One as well. Nice. Um, yeah, but this game is interesting because, you know, it, they're really trying to take advantage of especially the SSD and ray tracing and then also uh, 3D spatial audio. So, I, I, like, I don't know. It looks really... It, it, this game and Demon's Souls were the two games I looked at from a next-gen perspective. Like, wow, okay, that does look... It just looks like something you can't do on the PS4, PS4 Pro. Mm. So, I was like, hmm, okay. So, if, if I can get this game for, like, not a ridiculous amount of money, 120 I just I'd feel too bad about myself if I bought it for 120. You, uh, yeah, imagine how many Pokemon and Animal Crossing <laughs> cards you could buy for that instead. Or okay. it's not uh, how okay. about I don't know amiibos that he keep boxed up somewhere. Okay. Pokemon or cards. Or, dude, I don't dude, know what he buys nowadays. I don't buy All Pokemon that stuff cards. he buys and doesn't do anything with. I I I I was good this week and I didn't add it to the show, but I did buy and I should say to everyone and unfortunately we don't have it as a segment that. They did confirm the Sanrio collaboration with Animal Crossing. Oh, he's he's got cards. it started, Mike. What are you doing? I'm the sorry. Amiibo cards have been confirmed for Australia. So they're, they're EB games. So you can pre-order them now, which I have for my wife. 
for my wife. Okay. Yeah, but I did, wife, I did yeah. actually, you won't be able to see it. Happy wife, happy wife. I did, I did get uh, the Cat Mario and Peach, Cat Peach uh, Amiibo. So I did get Amiibo this week, Mike. Of course you did. <laughs> of course I did. No um, Amiibo, no week worth living. <laughs> so the in last the, thing. Uh, into God household. <laughs> the last thing I'll say, because you, you didn't want to add anything, did you, Swinney? Sorry, yeah, I think we both, uh, we both not, just want to move on to the no, next topic. No, I was on mute because I'm like, I have zero to add <laughs> yeah, to this yeah, discussion. Let's go yeah, to the next topic. The only thing I'll say is uh, <laughs> there is a female Lombax in this game that they still haven't said what the name a lo- is. A what? A Lombax? Lombax. What's a Lombax? I can send you the wiki article if you want to okay. learn. Um, it's a fictional you say it, You say it like, okay, right, right. You say it like... No, it's in Ratchet and Clank. It's in Ratchet and Clank. Okay. Um, but you say it like like Swinney and I should know. But of course you should I know. I knew. I knew what it was. There you go. Okay. Oh, you okay. you ignorant, arrogant, smug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only thing I wanted to say is they haven't said what the name of the female Lombax is, even though it's on the box art. Yeah. And I'm I'm pretty much on the same page as other people. I think this whole rift apart is a bit of a dimensional thing. So I think it's, it's probably Janet. No, it's probably Ratchet in another dimension. So yeah, I think it's Janet. I think that's gonna. <laughs> Although there is some word that it could be Rosie. So yeah, this game. Rosie. Is... I'm nah, going to be super be Janet. In it. Although I'm not a fan that the 4K version runs at 30 frames per second. Like what? That's just on a PS5. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, that... look, yeah. I don't like it, man. 60 frames, especially per for second a PlayStation be... exclusive. I get it for for something that's cross-platform, but for an exclusive, it's 60 frames mm. per second at 1080, and I mean probably yeah. at 1440 if they had that mode. Um, looking at you, Sony. But, um, if you yeah. look at this game running, like you understand, I think I understand why. Like this game's doing a lot. It looks insane. It looks insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Not. I'm. I'm just surprised from a. Um, um, I, I guess a goal and marketing perspective that they didn't say no. It oh. has to run at sixty, regardless. I think we should get used to it, honestly, because mm. I think that's going to be the tale of this generation. Oh, dude! Whoever thought that you're going to get sixty FPS as a baseline and 120 as nah? I see. <laughs> I think not. sixty will be baseline, just not 4K sixty. Yeah, I think the I think the generation in general will be 4K 30. 1080p 60. I think yeah. that's what. Yeah. yeah. And you know, like, I yeah, know but you guys hate it. That's not what it's sold as. Just wait, Mike. This generation. I know you guys hate it, but I still game on 1080 because I think the 4K thing is so overplayed. And I'm mm. happy with that. 1080 60, I'm like, sign me up. If every game is 1080 60, I'm. <gasps> yeah, I'm but in you're heaven. in front of a monitor and stuff, right? I'm sure. not, I mean, not, not that that makes a difference, but 1080 on. A, so, first of all, you can't get, you know, 60 inch TVs in 1080. So you kind of have to get the four the four K, sure. And then if you set it to ten eighty p, which you can, there's nothing stopping you from doing it. It absolutely does look blurry at that. Yeah, I know, but that's that's why these it. TVs are dumb. Like, so I, I'm not a fan of it. But anyway, let's move on to the next story. By the way, sorry, I, I say this as someone who moved my PlayStation Five from my four K TV to my ten eighty p TV in the bedroom, yeah. and. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> like it's... Axiom Verge. So Axiom Verge 2 has been yeah. confirmed as an Epic Game yeah. Store exclusive. Mm. So Tom Happ, who is the man behind like Axiom Verge, uh, confirmed on a blog post that they'd, he'd done a negotiation and his business partner uh, negotiated with Epic Game Store and they will be releasing Epic uh, Axiom Verge 2 on Epic Game Store and also on the Switch, and only those two platforms yeah. at this stage. They made them enough where he couldn't refuse. Well, pretty much. He, he did confirm in the posts on the blog that it will be coming to Steam, 
and he is working with his partners at Sony and Microsoft to bring them on those platforms. So I think everyone understands that Wait, there'll be a six to 12 months exclusivity and then ah, exclusivity to... on PC, but um, yes. you still get the switch version. Cool. Cool. Yeah, cool. 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 Yeah. Okay. That's, so that's, that's better. Which is becoming like a much more common thing that you'll see like PC, they almost treat PC as a separate platform, not competing with the consoles. Because it's almost like within PC, it's almost like the separate platforms within the PC platform now. There are now, yeah. yeah. Which is there wasn't before. So, as evidenced by uh. as evidenced by you know the YouTube uh, video clip which showed Axiom Verge to I think his like to dislike like ratio is about fifty fifty or thereabouts when I saw it. So yeah, there's a lot of people who really do not like Epic Game Store, do not like Epic. And I think, you know, I can understand if people come from a history of having things on Steam and just having that platform and it's a fairly open platform, works on Linux, works on Mac, works on Windows, Uh, you know, and it really drove the indie scene, uh, to be honest. So people 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 don't, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of like, wow, fantastic for Steam that they've basically made, uh, PC gaming their thing in that sense. But in the end, a PC is just a platform for other things. Uh, being stuck with a single um, store, which you know traditionally Steam, has benefits because you have your library in a single place and stuff. But really, like from a consumer's perspective, it's also good to have options. Um, but at the same time, I can kind of also see, man, I don't want another store that I got. I've got Rockstar, I've got this, I've got mm. Epic, I got that. Just give me one goddamn consistent platform. The only thing that shits me about the Epic Game Store that I've turned off is every time I turn my PC, I get freaking three notifications taking up my screen saying, oh, this is available. <laughs> Do this. Try that. Get this for free. This off. <laughs> I just want to, you know, just use my PC. If I want to go to Epic, I will go to Epic and I will yeah. look at the games. Yeah, but I always uh, make so, sure But I you can turn that off. off. You turn yeah. that shit off. So it's, not, it's not a big deal. But it's so obnoxious, the fact that it, it's even there, that it's like that by default. It's, I just find it really obnoxious. Yeah, um, it's pretty easy to turn off. But... but hey, they give you free games. So why are we complaining? And and what did you think about this, Winnie? All right, let me let me take a deep breath here. All right, just just give you a <laughs> heads up. Okay, anyone that is still so adamantly pissed off about this whole Epic Game Store exclusivity stuff needs to pull their head out their bloody ass, oh, reprioritize themselves, and grow Whoa. up. Whoa. This dude, grow up. <laughs> Read this Whoa. blog article. He's going to get death threats. <laughs> let me let me finish. I might my have piece. to take off the let death fin- sponsorship that we have. Let me finish my piece. You guys have been talking for like the last three minutes. Sorry. Read this blog article. Anyone that hasn't, this dude right states there, and he's he's really upfront about it. He's got a family, right? <laughs> this is a fantastic decision for him. He's got a kid with cerebral palsy. You know, he's got a lot of things he needs to think about his life. And if he is able to get a downside guarantee and continue to not only support his family, but work on his future games and this game, because no doubt will get, you know, post-game, post-launch support, then, like, the people getting pissed off about it, not people being disappointed by it. That's not who I'm getting angry at. People that are like, I'm not playing this game. I'm boycotting this game. Like, seriously, grow up. Like, I can't believe we're we're not past that point yet. If you don't like the Epic Game Store because it's not a great platform, fair enough. But this, he has a right to be able to release a game the way he wants. It's yeah. going to hit the other platforms eventually. So just, yeah, when I started reading a lot of the... And not to say that YouTube comments are a 
great place to go sometimes <laughs> to you know to get some intelligent Balanced takes on this opinion. stuff. You gotta go to Twitter, dude. You gotta go to Twitter. It's like some people are just absolute idiots about that whole thing. I just can't believe it that we're not past that point. I'm gonna I'm gonna clap to Daddy Swinney. It's a good point. Um, no, it's a very good point, and I totally agree. It, it's I, I support I you, and I will take the death threats along with you. When <laughs> well, they I'll, I'll join in on that. You can give the death okay. threats to our whole podcast. But, um, yeah, just spread it evenly, please. Yeah, look, this is why I wanted to cover this story as well, because I think people look like... I. You guys know a bit of this, I guess, but I ran my own business for a while, and we had uh-huh. like up to about seven employees, right? And I can say for certainty, I did not understand the feelings that you have as a small business owner. And I look at, you know, Tom Happ as a small business owner, right? It just so happens yeah. his business is making games. He is, yeah. I I cannot explain to you, you have to really go through it, but the stress you have that you have to make the bills, you have to pay your employees, people rely on you. I had people who had families who I employed, you know, so the success of my business, they are reliant on. You know, and it is, it's, it's a different type of stress that I've ever had in my life. And it's also, I guess, depends on your personality type, but it's that level of responsibility that you feel that Mm. you are generating something that other people rely on. Mm. Um, I a hundred percent understand where he's coming from, where you can have a deal and the way it sounds is they, you know, they're probably bringing in a model that's a bit similar to what publishers do. And, you know, the whole book industry, which is. We'll give you an advance. Maybe, you know, we'll give you <clears throat> X amount up front as a bit of a juicy fee. We will take a small clip and then the rest of it you you make like normal, which is the 88% that Epic Game Store, which I think is much more fair than it the 70 good. that it's all the really other businesses employ. Yeah. And I think it's ridiculous anyone having an issue with this. Yeah, like, but okay. I totally agree with all of that, but you got to think there's, there's a lot of people out there who who haven't had a business and there's a lot of people out there who yeah. probably are 15 who live with their parents who <laughs> have absolutely zero notion of anything you just spoke about. Now I'm not, I'm not saying they're ignorant. Actually, that's exactly what I'm saying. They're as ignorant <laughs> as I am to a whole bunch of shit. Um, and you're always going to get people like that. And you know what? In the end, if I was this guy and if I, if I was a developer, don't play my freaking game then don't download the Epic store, go play something else. If yeah. it's that much of a problem to you and, and you don't see it, see the reality of having to have a family and have this as a job i don't go to a freaking job getting paid a cozy six figure sitting in front of a screen all day and being told exactly what i need to do this guy has to freaking figure out how to how to Mm. feed his family right there's huge risks involved with this kind of stuff people don't people don't see that it's so much easier to just hit a negative a thumbs down button on a YouTube clip and then sit there and write a, a horrible comment about it just because you don't want to download a bloody game launcher. Are you freaking serious? As, as Swinney said, grow up. Mm. And it seems like even though there is a lot of hate, um, it hasn't seemed to have affected games that have launched on the Epic Game Store in this manner. Like they have eventually got onto Steam and they've got seemingly just as many sales as they would have. So... From a business perspective, I think it makes perfect sense what he's doing here. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something that I'll look to pick up on the Switch because, uh, you know, I'm still playing through the first one, which I really enjoy. Yeah. I'm going to start it, the first one again. Yeah. So I think we're all in unison on that one. Grow we up, are absolutely grow up kitties, in, grow up in unison. And by the way, you know what? You know what I think? I think, I think a whole bunch <laughs> of these people that are sitting there giving Epic's 
Epic Games shit about their store and, and giving developers shit about putting it on that platform, guaranteed a lot of them actually have the, the client. I guarantee a lot of them were downloading the free games, using the platform, and then bitching oh, yeah, about it. Like they, they're holier than thou. It's <laughs> just course. nonsense. Of course. All right, uh, for our next story. So in the US, so Nintendo US, uh, Nintendo announced a new one-on-one consultation service for US Switch owners called the Nintendo Switch Concierge Program. As I said, it's only available in the US, not even Canada, only the US. Uh, It's a one-on-one video call uh, that you book with Nintendo. And the consultation topics include Nintendo Switch 101, games, getting started, games, what to play next, security and privacy, Nintendo account, and customization, whether you want to make it dark mode or light mode. (laughs) The process is as simple as picking a topic and booking a slot. I actually went to book this because I have a US phone number that I can reroute to my Australian number. And I was like, maybe I should just do this and try it out. I looked at the hours and it really doesn't work for Australian times. (laughs) And then I thought it would be a bit of a jerk thing to do, ultimately. I think it would be great. But I did I, want to I, see what I, it was Can like. you do it and record it? Or can you... I was thinking about it, but I thought what it was is it? Can, obviously, they're closed right now, right? Like, well, what's the time over there now? Uh, we should do it live time, sometime so, mate, if we can. Be, I think you probably Damn. would also have to agree to that you're not recording it as, as well. I imagine that's yeah, probably but they're recording the, me, so... Yeah. Yeah. Well, plus, we live in Australia, so, you know, we're allowed to record conversations <laughs> oh, in yeah, the state that's, that... That's, and the, no, in the state that we live in, not, but not the state in my that state. you live in. Not in my state. So I would have to Anyway, do it. let's move yeah. So what do we okay. think of this, Swinney? I'll do it. So when you first saw the headlines about this, they framed it in the way. Now, I know headlines are meant to get people to click, and it got me to click, so it worked. Uh, it's like Nintendo offering new service to tell you what games to play next. And you're like, wait, that sounds ridiculous. Like, why does anyone need to know what game to play next? But that was obviously one part of it. Just the overall service i think if they stick with this and it it ends up you know they do it well i reckon this is a huge thing for retailers over there so just think anyone going into gamestop or best buy um that's you know a a parent and they don't don't know anything about video Mm. games um the person at the when they go okay you know you can buy nintendo switch and nintendo have this fantastic service where you can book a consultation with them and they'll tell you how to set up all the um the protection on there so you don't have your kids going and buying stuff in the store i think it's actually really really great and i think retailers are going to love it and just it does come back to you know it gives you that nostalgia about nintendo hotline as well (laughs) yeah that's what i thought as well yeah which is which is cool and but the whole okay it's going to recommend games what to play next i mean they could automate that stuff you know they could have that how you click on some an app and it looks at history and recommends. So I think it's it's the other parts that I think are more interesting about, yeah, the Nintendo Switch one-on-one and setting up, um, you know, yeah, parent mode or whatever they call it. So. Am I, think I the, the only... Yeah, go on, Mark. No, no, I was just going to quickly say, I, I kid you not, the, the, the image that I had in my head when you first mentioned this was I walk into a room, there's some, some slow music playing, there's an incense burning in the corner this this candles littered around <laughs> i take my clothes off i sit down on oh, on a comfortable comfortable bed reggie walks in <laughs> and he says hey big boy are you ready he puts some oil on his on his hands gently massages them together and then he gets working on me and he just starts massaging my back and he's like all right 
You're liking this? Mm. Well, that would let be. Me, that let would... me tell you about Axiom okay. Verge. In this, in this, <laughs> in this modern, in this <laughs> modern day, I think you should play would, it next. That would be more likely to be a GameStop concierge service because Reggie is no longer with Nintendo. <laughs> True. Yeah, but they hired yeah. him through the service because they know <laughs> yeah. he they know he gives the best massages. You could have just said Bowser came. Ask in, his wife. The head of uh, Nintendo yeah. America is Bowser. Okay, Bowser can do it. And I don't know what he looks like. Which though, is like an thing. amazing. I know what Reggie looks like, and I feel like Reggie's the kind of guy that I would let him give me a massage. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I just okay. he's, he's just something about him. I'm like, yeah, man, you can touch me. That's fine. <laughs> the thing that tickled the thing that tickled me about this story was I've been rewatching a lot of. This sounds really odd been re-watching a lot of testimony to congress where they've had tech leaders come okay. um and they had well, uh, after the, the massage they came after no. the massage or they they had the oh, google ceo they had the google ceo right <laughs> and basically these congressmen and senators were yelling at the google ceo saying you know this iphone it's popping up with this warning and so and he's just sitting there calmly and patiently like so patiently <laughs> and then going Sir, uh, we, we don't make the iPhone. That's made by another company. I, I, I can't assist you. <laughs> and then he's like, well, just imagine it's an Android phone. <laughs> it's just like, what? <laughs> and then the thing that made me laugh so hard when this story came out was, he's like, why can't you have it so that, you know, I can call a number and chat to someone one-on-one to, to explain the internet and how this works. And, and I'm like, wow, Nintendo has actually done this. Because the people were like, <laughs> how memeable is that? As if you could ever have like a service where you could call... And people can explain like how these things work. No, you like, can. There you go, Nintendo. Nintendo listened. They actually heard this. Well, I hope Nintendo listened to my idea of the massage because it would yeah, be an I, amazing I experience. <laughs> I think this just goes to show you how comfortable Nintendo is right now. Yes. That they're able to do this. How dominant they are. Like if they have the money to do this, they are thinking this thing is going to sell 125 million uh, copies for sure. And uh, I'd love to be a conspiracy theorist and say... Maybe there's a new set of consoles coming out soon. The the weird part to me is that the Nintendo Switch one on one. I mean, there's not that much to do on the Switch. Like, well, it's the privacy and security stuff. I think is you, you're 100 percent right with that. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people that have it in their data. It, it's certain that there's so many people that bought a Switch only to play Animal Crossing, and it's kind of at a point now where. What do you do next, right? Hmm. So I think converting those people into people who play other games is really critical. And I would love to call the line and go, ah, oh, playing a lot of Animal Crossing. What else is there to play? I'm fascinated to see if they go, go and play Stardew Valley, which makes the most amount of sense, or go play another Nintendo game that they publish. Hmm. You know what I mean? Hmm. And Mike is just uh, licking his new nintendo box just kind of all i know is i can bit. hear something there yeah he's being, so, that mike, means our mike, listeners mike, can hear something calm down calm down i was testing the weight of the box it's actually not as heavy as i thought it would be you, okay what we're gonna yeah. do now is we're gonna give away games for charity <laughs> and you are gonna start donating to it every time you transgress okay. wait I, I got one right here we'll have an annual we'll have an annual thing where you, you It'd be ninety nine percent your contributions, but it could be <laughs> it could be Swinney and myself as well. All right, let's get on to the next story. Uh, yep. So updates for Nintendo Switch Online. I'm going to let Swinney carry this because he loves these updates. Well, first of all, I don't love this update. I think you're misrepresenting me. There's one game out of these four that I do love. Uh, so the new games being added to Nintendo Switch Online Classic Game Services. Uh, on the 17th of February. So we've got Doomsday Warrior on the Super Nintendo, 
Prehistoric Man uh, for the Super Nintendo, Psycho Dream for the Super Nintendo, and Fire and Ice for the NES. So, which all one's four... the one you you are looking forward to? All of them. He loves them all. Well, Mike, you know, I, I was just going to end it there. I wasn't going to follow up exactly what I said. Uh. I was going to say <laughs> <laughs> no. So. A little while back, I actually talked to Intergot, and he doesn't remember about Prehistoric Man. Um, it's a game. I remember. I don't think it was on the show. <laughs> no, no, but I, I remember you guys were talking about something, something mm-hmm. offline about it because I remembered the game, and I'm like, "Oh, Prehistoric Man, that sounds familiar." But that was just this week when he mentioned it. No, 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 no. This was this was a while okay. ago. Okay, so Prehistoric Man is actually a game that came out quite late in the Super Nintendo's um, life cycle. It's actually. Kind oh, of yeah, based off, I, ironically, there's, there's a game on the PC called um, <laughs> nice Pre- there, Mike. I just got it. There's a game on the PC called Prehistoric, and it's also by Titus, which uh, Prehistoric Man is made by as well. And I actually mm. love Prehistoric Man, and the reason why. Oh wait, wait! I figured out why. I figured out why, Mike. Wait, what? He loves it because it's published by Chemco. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I first of all, I did not know that. Hey, sure, sure, I didn't. Sure, sure. I knew sure, it was developed sure. by Titus. No, Prehistoric Man. I actually really, really like that game. I think it's a really under, like, it's a very unknown game to a lot of people, and that's what I actually like about this. Now, I understand people being annoyed that they're not dropping something like Earthbound, or you know, I'd love them to start adding things like Secret of Mana or Chrono Trigger, but I don't think those ones are going to happen. Honestly, well, yeah, Earthbound is way more likely. Yeah, than those yeah, games. but you know, so I'm not saying that you know it's disappointed that there aren't some big hitters there. But the reason why I actually really like this service is it gets me to try games that I've never played before, and the one that I'm actually really keen to try and it could absolutely suck, and I have no idea is that Psycho Dream game. Um, it just looks really, really bizarre and just cool to try. So I'm looking forward to it. So that's all it was. Okay. Like, yeah, I, I understand why people are a bit uh, frustrated, but give Prehistoric Man a good shot. Like, it, it's a little slow at the start, but gets really good. I think it's a fantastic game. Can I ask you a question? So I played a game that no, was just called me. Prehistoric. It wasn't Prehistoric yes. Man or anything like that. Prehist- that was I on just, PC. Mike, I just said that <laughs> before. listen? No, it wasn't because I was looking the game up. <laughs> I just said before it's based on that game. But so it's, that's the game I remember. But okay. it's very it's very different than that game. That was like a one-screen scrolling platform like a lot of PC yes. platformers. This is like a proper, you know... And honestly, I think it's one of the okay. best non-Nintendo 2D platformers on the SNES. So. Okay, sorry. I, I, I apologize about that. I was busy looking for the game and I, I, I didn't tune out, but like I didn't pay attention to everything you said. <laughs> I didn't tune out. I didn't pay attention. Um, this is clearly the worst drop that they've had. I just... I was looking at the wiki article of like the various drops that they had for Nintendo Switch Online. I agree. I agree. It is the worst drop. And and I love how much of a contrarian you are, Swinney, that just the general reception for this of everyone is like, oh my God, this is terrible. This is, what's the point of even this drop? And then, and then your reaction, I loved it. It was like, oh, this is awesome. No, because I, like, I love Prehistoric Man. Like, as I said, a lot of sure, people haven't sure. don't even know that game exists. And I know, I know. I, I, know. I rented that randomly. I did never even seen that in a um, a games magazine in the nineties. I just ran, randomly rented it from a video store and just loved the game. So I think I think the thing historically, when they've been doing these drops, they have like one signature game that many people would even know, or like has some kind of buzz to it. And this is probably the first time where. There's literally no games that have any buzz that I can. Oh think yeah, of. no, no. Nah. 
Definitely not. I, I guess they've got Shin Megami Tensei 2 in Japan. So I guess if you think it from a Japanese perspective, yeah, sure, that's fine. But yeah, I don't know. It, it's, I'm really baffled by what they're doing with this service. It just seems very strange to me. It's also like just I'll... so slow. Like the rollout of this stuff yeah. just seems so... Like the honestly, the virtual console, even though you had to pay for them, was just way better than this. Service. Well, that's what I was going to reference. That I, you know, fired up my Wii U to play um, Skyward Sword, and I was just looking through all the virtual console games. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy! Like the amount of games you could play on that, it was just freaking awesome. And that is the one thing with the Switch that they've just done the old, old school Disney Vault and just locked every game up again and. I guess they're just trying to figure out other ways to extract money out of them. It's very strange to me. And the other one was they they haven't rolled off any games from the service, a la Game Pass. That was the other thing I thought was very strange, that they haven't actually taken games off Nintendo Switch Online. They've only added, which is, you know, good for the consumer. But from the start, they said that they were potentially going to do that. And people were nervous about that. So very weird, very weird. All right, Swinny, this is uh, your excitement. Yeah, Games so, Master getting rebooted. <laughs> yeah, so this week um, there was news that the classic 90s UK video game show Games Master is planning a return. So Games Master, for anyone that doesn't know, and anyone that lives outside the UK wouldn't know, um, it, was, it ran for about seven years or six years or so from 1992 to 1998 on Channel 4 over there. And I was living in the UK around 93, 94. So I was actually there for the first couple of seasons and I remember this show super fondly. And it was the first UK show about video games. So it had a really, really cool setup where basically each season was set in like, one was set in an oil rig, another was set in a church and it just had such a cool, almost like dark gothic vibe about Mm. it. It's the most 90s thing you've ever seen if you go see any (laughs) stuff now. It is like 90s, I don't know, on on steroids, it's crazy. But it was hosted by a guy called Dominic Diamond, who's a you know media personality over there, he's Scottish, uh, for six of the seven seasons. But one of the seasons, and one of the ones I uh, fondly remember, which was season three, was actually hosted by Dexter Fletcher. And I don't know if you guys know that name, but Dexter Fletcher was the second unit director and took over from Brian Singer on um, Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie. As a director, oh, and Dexter Fletcher, no. and Dexter Fletcher wow. was the uh, director for Rocket Man, the Elton John oh. movie as well. Oh, nice. So it's just wild for me still to this day to think of. I just think of that guy as the host of Games Master, even though it was only for one season. <laughs> um, but the Games Master himself was portrayed by um, uh, a guy named Sir Patrick Moore, a very well known in uh, in UK, and it was just yeah, it was basically. It was focused a lot on competition um, and, you know, you got two two people challenging each other, but then it mixed it in with reviews and, and hints and stuff. And it just had a really, really cool vibe to it. And they also released a magazine that I was very fond of as well, and they printed that for quite a few years. And this reboot, so the reboot's coming to what's called E4, so I'm guessing it's like the one of the secondary channels of Channel 4 over there. But it sounds like it's going to be a bit different. Um, so yeah. I don't know if it's going to have the same impact and it will focus on celebrities battling each other in video game competitions. And this day and age with Twitch and you've got people like Ronda <sighs> Rousey and AOC going on Twitch already, it kind of almost feels like, well, we're already that stuff's already happening so it doesn't feel like a unique yeah. book. But and who's it aimed at? Who gives a shit about 
people like that fighting it out, celebrities fighting it out. That's the part I don't get. Well, look, people do you really care about that. You are. You, really you ask a question. See? You could ask that question about any reality TV show. You know, no, no, but but it's just it's a different kind of the 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 from what I've seen of the episodes back then. It was different. It was actual people, gamers and stuff, battling it out. Yeah. Um, you did have celebrities. Do gamers care no, about celebrities? You you did actually have a lot of celebrities coming on the show. Um, mm. And apparently led to, like, there's some, there's actually an article on uh, Eurogamer. It's quite old. It's from about 2014 called Games Master, The Inside Story, which is fantastic. It's a great read for anyone that, that was uh, watched Games Master as a kid. Um, so I'll link that in the show notes. But they actually talk about like people like Vinnie Jones and uh, Two Unlimited and a whole bunch of celebrity, UK celebrities, and just some really, really funny anecdotes. And especially footballs apparently were the worst because they'd get like called up the last minute that they're cancelling and stuff. So you did actually have a lot of celebrity <laughs> involvement with it. But this sounds like apparently it's like five celebrities and each week they eliminate a celebrity and then you get a winner at the end. So. Well- you know, you know what it reminds okay. me of a little bit, Swinney, and and going to Mike's point on, does anyone care if celebrities play games? I, I would say yes because I think Conan O'Brien's series Clueless Gamer, mm-hmm. like that is a very popular series. That gets a lot of traffic on. It's YouTube really popular, and, I think. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair and, enough. And look, I think he he like genuinely is like uh, he almost hates video games. To be honest, he, I don't think uh. he really wants to do the segments at all. But they get a lot of traction and. It, it is it's really like watching funny. a train wreck. I get well, it. That's what's funny about it. You watch these people mm. and it's well edited and everything like that. But it is funny to watch people play, especially something you're familiar with and they're so terrible at it. Or they come on and they're actually pretty decent at it. It's like, mm, okay. Look, so, look, I get it. I'd be happy as long as they, in the reboot, they bring the magazines back out and they bring the Sir Patrick Moore centerfolds that each one used to have. <laughs> if they do that, then yeah, cool by me. So I, I just think you've seen what he looks like. Yeah. Just <laughs> no, on... I have seen what it looks like. I've seen, okay. the, I've seen a whole bunch okay. of these episodes now. <laughs> just on that note, um, on the sales website for Channel 4, they've got a picture of Sir Patrick Stewart next to the Games Master logo. <laughs> so uh-huh. if, they, if they end up getting Patrick Stewart to be the Games Master, that is awesome. Man, I would love I would love him in one of those poses, just leaning back. That would be funny with in a centerfold. I would well, buy that. It's basically like a, a, it's almost like just a head with like a, a in, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a Krang style, like within a, a machine and stuff. But yeah, really, what, really cool. What, and it's what, just what's made- up with the UK, Swinney, of doing that kind of stuff? There's there's many examples I can think of, like Red Dwarf. Well, the well, UK really loves having just like floating heads. Well, it's funny it's, you say that because one of the sets they did for one of the seasons was actually used for an episode of Red Dwarf. Ah, okay, there you go. Yes. Was uh, that the set that we saw in the B-roll? Because um, it reminded me of a season seven of Red Dwarf. No, I don't think it was. Um, there's, I think it was just the one, I can't remember what season it was, but it was the one that was set on an oil rig and I think it was used in one of the episodes. But Ooh, okay. yeah, it was great. It was Definitely a product of its time. Um, you know, we've we've we may have mentioned it before, but you know, at some point we've got to talk about the Australian uh, game show, video game show, amazing as well. And it was it was very different in tone to that. This was like very dark industrial, um, whereas amazing was like fun, happy kind of game show. But mm. um, yeah, the tones was, are like completely the opposite. yeah, very different. <laughs> um, and what happened to that other gaming show we had in Australia? Um, Good game. On- Good game, yeah. That was yeah, awesome. They, they sort of transitioned it. It was like Good Game, 
And then they made like a... Spawn. Ah, yeah, Spawn Gate or Spawn... Spawn, I think it was. Spawn something. something. Spawn Point. That was like the more kids... Spawn Point, yeah, that was more the kids... Yeah, but I think at that stage it was already waning and then the main hosts left and... Yeah, you, you sort of, yeah, it kind of faded out. It, it is was good while it lasted. It was good while it lasted. It, yeah, it was it's awesome. fascinating, though, because gaming has never been bigger, but really, those TV shows, none of them are working. None of them are working at all. But I guess, you know, you look at YouTube, Twitch, those channels are massive now. They have literally millions of people following yeah. them. So I guess that's where the audience has gone, which makes sense. Well, yeah, maybe we should approach cool. the ABC and go, hey, I know a couple of other guys who are doing this <laughs> podcast. We're thinking big week maybe gaming can, on the ABC. Uh, do a big week in gaming on the ABC, yeah. We'd have to do our PC training, so I'm not sure if we'd be able to pass that. I wouldn't pass it. No, <laughs> I'm not even going to bother. All right. Well, let, let's move <laughs> on to the final story. Uh, I this this is a, a lot of a lot of secret intel that I've been tapping into. <sighs> Got the juicy details. The juicy details. Give me the deets. Um, in my friends in retail. So this is JB Hi-Fi and EB Games. So number one, I should say, and we should post this early in the week that I was able to confirm that each of the JB stores have booked the next shipment for PS5s. They don't know when they're going to come in, but it blew me away how few they were able to book. So they've been told that each store will have 10 in Australia. Oh. <laughs> which is wait, wait, how many stores are, in, are there? That's not per store, but I guess yeah, overall for per Australia. Store, 10 per store on average, not, that's what they said. How many stores do we have in Australia then? Oh, I'd say like about 200, 300. Okay. That's so not many. That's not a, that's not dude, many. that's nothing. That's not. They usually Three, deal yeah. with like hundreds. That's not even per a store. lot of stock. Three thousand units. Yeah, and yeah. they said that EB would get about five to ten. So if you think uh-huh. about it, like in each little area that you have those, like there's nothing that they have available there. So and I they believe- go like that. They go like that. So when I got my Xbox, it was super super lucky in the sense that I rocked up at eleven o'clock. And I saw the the box in you know, just the, the empty box that they were advertising for like seven hundred bucks or what seven forty nine, and I go to the guy. That's just an empty box. Do you guys actually have stock? And he goes, "I got three this morning at ten o'clock. One's already gone. I've got two left. They just go like that." If that mm-hmm. if that was a PlayStation Five, it would have been gone by the time you got there, man. Oh, well, even even the those guaranteed by lunchtime, <laughs> they they probably disappeared as well. So, so again, you know, you could be a normal person like me. And build your own customized bot that trolls websites and then gives you an automated phone call, <laughs> totally and text normal. message, if you're a totally. normal person. Or Hello. I would highly, highly, highly recommend that you get on Twitter, install it on your phone if you don't have it, put notifications on, subscribe on twi- to to Twitter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good one. Go to Press Start AU. That's a that's the Press Start website, which is an Australian website. They have been extremely good and timely at posting when stock is available for PS5 on various retailers. So I think if you're really desperate to get one, that's what I would do if I was you. Um, but the other piece of intel that I got was they they let me know how many phone calls they've received specifically asking about the PS5 since it launched. Quarter of a million phone calls. What? <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> Quarter of a million phone calls just calling to go, hey, do you have a PS5? Wow. I'm sure they yeah. probably have an automated thing, but people just ignore no, they it don't. anyway. They don't. They don't have an automated. What? Nothing's automated. So wait, at the... At the <laughs> this is in-store, right? This is across all their stores. Across all there. their stores. Okay, right. Because you can't really automate that. Unless you you instantly put people on hold, and the the message they hear is, if you are inquiring about a PS5 stock, we currently do not have any. Otherwise, please hold. 
So if you do the maths across Australia, they get about three thousand calls a day about the PS5. Oh my god! Wow. Stores. So yeah, what are you talking That's about? Three hundred stores, huh. 10, 10 calls a day. It would drive you nuts. That's that, about right. Yeah, that does not count people walking in and asking mm. people at the games area. So if you chat to them, they say sometimes they could have ten people in a row. Like a random person comes up, hey, do you have PS5? <laughs> they walk off, and the next person comes up to them, hey, do you have PS5? Yes. <laughs> like, they will have a chain <laughs> of people, like, in a row. Wow. Which By the way, according to LinkedIn uh, for EB Games Australia, they have 380 stores. Yeah, so about what I said, yeah. yeah it's, it's, and 40 more in, uh, in New Zealand. If it blew me away when I heard, separate yeah, state. quarter of a million phone calls just about the PS5. Yeah. So it makes wild. sense. Well, yeah, and you go, sure, there's duplicate calls, but I hate calling stores if I don't have to. I'd rather always do everything online, not have to call anyone. So Really? I love talking to people. Oh, I think there's a lot of people that don't want to call. Um, mm. I love going in-store in and bugging them about stuff like this. <laughs> I'm sure they love to so, do that. So they can at least see my face and they can put, they can put a face... <laughs> To the they hatred, the list. to the <laughs> hatred that they have for people asking the same just, stupid question ten times a day. I can just imagine the reaction when they see you like walk into the store. It's like, oh, this bastard again! He's gonna like, <laughs> no, flee, he's gonna fleece us for everything we've got. Smug bastard! <laughs> I lost so much money on this guy. Oh my god! Can we? Hey, can we? Hey, can we? Can I just say I've, I've got a friend who who said, and I do believe him because I know what he's like. That in the past ten years or something, he traded back something like. 25 consoles. Wow. As in like, he'll get it. He'll be like, oh, I don't really want to know. He'll trade the Xbox back and get a PlayStation or something. Eh, he'll trade it back and get, yeah, he's gone through like, but they're making money. I'll, I'll ask time, him, right? No, no, just like returning them within Doing the window. It, really? I'm yeah, surprised they yeah. didn't block him. No. Interesting. I will ask, and you know what? I believe him because I know his history and I know yeah. what he's like. And he is so many times he'll he'll message me saying, and I'm not going to mention any names, obviously. He'll message me saying, "Oh, I've got I've got the Xbox, blah blah." I'm like, "Dude, you're just going to return it. Why did you even bother getting you it?" And used, a week later, he doesn't have it anymore. Do you remember you used to be able to return games at Target really easily? And yes. they were like nice. Super Nintendo games, yeah. so you could beat care, them in weekend and take it back and get another game. We can still do that, EB games. They, they do, yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying like these were games you could complete in a short amount of time. Unlike modern sure. games, you know, there yeah. was also a really shitty loophole which um, I actually never used, but I know people did use it. If I'm not mistaken, you used to be able to when um, Target had twenty percent off on eBay, they would um, you would buy it off eBay for like whatever the four hundred fifty dollars minus twenty percent for the console, and once you got the actual console with the invoice, the invoice would have $450 on it. It would oh, have the no. 20% discount and people would take it back to, to target, to target and just get their ca- their money back. So they people, literally just made people. 20% out of nothing. So Mike, can I just, can I just quickly say... I never returned consoles though. You know me, I, I kept all my consoles. Can I just quickly consoles. explain to people that's fraud? Like of that's literally fraud. criminal. And that's Sorry, fraud. I'm not. I'm not saying you people should do this. <laughs> I'm just saying people were doing that. And you know, I, 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 just like I have not money. returned my consoles. <laughs> I still have all the consoles that I've bought. Yeah, because I'm of the mentality. I'm like, okay, like the PlayStation Five, right? I was sitting there and I was very well aware that it wasn't being used. And I looked on eBay. I'm like, wow, I could flog this thing off, even opened up for fifteen hundred bucks. I could double my money. But, 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 but I went, no, why? I will use this thing, and even if I only use it a month now, from now, two months from now, I will use it. What's the point of doing this? Like, yes, you can make a quick buck, but I'll I'll play Demon Souls in a couple of months again. So. I kept it. Didn't bother, you know, getting rid of it or selling it or anything. Yeah, fair enough. 
So as I said, uh, subscribe to Twitter, press star AU. Uh, this is obviously only for Australia. If you're in America, I'd go to Wario64. Keep those notifications on if you really care about getting a PlayStation 5. There are more stock coming in. I believe EB and JB Hi-Fi have already booked out their, their next shipment. But as I said, there's not very many coming. Um, but there'll be more stock coming in the next months. But I think you really need to be on top of it. As I said, like it'd be annoying. But yeah, put notifications on. Check them all as they pop up and then jump on it really quickly. So you have accounts ready to go. Because even when they do go live, they usually sell out within like 90 seconds these days. Um, so yeah, 250,000 calls JB has got. It's like almost 1,000 per store. It's insane. Crazy. All right, let's move into my favorite segment of the week, the bargain bin for the week commencing Sunday, the 14th of Feb. Uh, Epic Games free game this week is Halcyon 6. There's an interesting game coming next week, but we'll cover it then just in case they uh, change their minds as they're prone to do. Uh, Nintendo Switch, uh, the highlights for us this week, Monster Sanctuary, which is 2170 until the 7th of March. Uh, Swinny and I both very much love this game. There is a new update coming in March, uh, so that actually might be a really good time to get into that game. Uh, the Flame in the Flood, 650 uh, until the 21st of Feb. The Long Journey Home, $4.50 until the 27th of Feb. And I added in uh, all the Bioshock games are on sale at the moment, 1747 each, or about 50 bucks total. Uh, until the 28th of Feb. I think it's a pretty decent deal. I'm not sure how they play, though. Probably not that well. Uh, on the PlayStation, we've got Darkest Dungeon, 650 until 18th of Feb. Darkest Dungeon Ancestral Edition for $14 until the 18th of Feb. Strider is $4.60 until the 25th of Feb. And Dark Souls 3 Deluxe Edition, $25 until the 25th Woo. of Feb. Bye, bye, we bye. should call out that we don't usually have Xbox sales because the sales are on a weekly basis and end basically the day after this show goes live. So it's not really much point mm. having Xbox games. But do you want to cover the but, PSI, Swinny? Well, hang on, hang on. But someone bought an Xbox Series X for 270 bucks. <laughs> as, Putting as it out in there. The spent 15 minutes the talking about it. All right. Yeah. So a PSA, <laughs> just a quick PSA that Tales from the Borderlands is actually being relisted. So it got delisted back in 2019 after Telltale Games went under. And mm. Tales from the Borderlands is very well regarded. I actually really, really love it. Um, and so, yeah, it's coming back. Apparently available 17th of Feb. And I believe a Switch version even got outed by the Taiwan Ratings Board. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. It's, I still find it so fascinating that, that Tales, um, Telltale Games went under because it, they had such a cool niche series of games with pretty big IPs and pretty big... Um, brands it's very I, I, I it's know, very it just surprised me that something like that it's wouldn't. very well documented <laughs> why I know, they went i know that. i know but it's, it's an example just... of stretching yourself too thin and yep. any, mm. anything that changes you can fall apart so all right let's get into our review sections yes bowser's fury so i should be clear that this is this won't be a review of super mario 3d world but this is a review of the game that was uh no, I wouldn't even say it's an expansion. It's really like the game that they included in Super Mario 3D World. So Super Mario 3D World itself, just showing on the screen, was released back in 2013, 2014, Swinny, on the Wii U, and now has been ported and re-released on the Switch. And Nintendo decided to include a game called Bowser's Fury, which is like very odd. Like I can't help but say like this whole thing and the way that they set it up is very odd. So... I always love this stuff and I get fascinated by it. 
Like, how do you even jump in the game? What does it even mean? I mean, Nintendo is describing this game as a new mode. So basically, once you open the game and jump into it, it, you're just presented with a screen at the start of the game saying, do you want to play Super Mario 3D World? Or you go to the right and you play Bowser's Fury. And then you go into it and it's as if it's like, that's its own game. Like almost like, you know, All Stars or something like that, which immediately I thought was quite strange. Uh, this game, I have to say, I love it. Like, I love this game. Uh, kind of just jumping to the end of it, it's it's about three hours to complete it. So I think about a quarter of what it takes to get through Odyssey. But from a completion perspective, it's a lot shorter. So it's about six hours to do everything in it. Uh, I won't spoil too much about it. Um, but I would say, like, it is so much, much, so much bigger than I thought it was going to be. So initially when we heard about it's it... It's good to hear. Good to hear. Well, yeah, I thought I thought it was going to be a bit like how Super Mario 3D World is. And just touching on that, again, we won't review that in this, but 3D World's an interesting one because Super Mario 3D Land, which came out on the 3DS before it, made a lot of sense for the 3DS. They took almost the 2D formula of Mario, made it into 3D, took advantage of the 3D in the 3DS, and made perfect sense for that console or handheld. 3D World, to me, was always a bit strange. I really like it. But it isn't necessarily a 3D Mario. It's definitely not a 2D Mario. It's, for me, really the one that's a hybrid of those two. And at times I feel like it has more in common with the new Super Mario Brothers series rather than the 3D Mario series, if that makes any sense. I I think actually Nintendo have done the same thing as what I do, but I actually classify it in its own category. So it's almost like you've got the 2D games that Mario has. You've got the 3D sort of mario 64 style games and then you've got this other category which is like the 3d world style games because they are extremely linear now you've got like bowser's fury which i'm just showing the steel case bowser's fury is just so weird and like such a weird experiment from nintendo it actually reminds me a lot of link's awakening where you know they wanted to port uh link to the past to the game boy and then they sort of realized that didn't make a lot of sense. And they started experimenting and mucking around with the formula. And I think this often happens with Nintendo when they're under time pressure to put something out. Not saying that that's the case here, but who knows? They really have produced something that's quite odd. Like, and I really wish you guys, especially you, Swinney, just given that you have played most of the 3D Mario games and 2D Mario games, had a chance to play it and get your thoughts on it as well. It's just, it's a weird experiment. And like to describe it to you guys, it's, if you could imagine, you know, with Odyssey, you know, you have these sandbox levels and they're huge, but they are pretty sandboxy. Like you pretty much can do most of what you want from the start. It's a little bit of tiny bit of linearity, but generally pretty sandboxy. But with this, it's, it's, it's hard to describe it. You've got an entire world that is literally like probably three times the size of any level in Odyssey. So it's massive and you're only in one world. So like from an Odyssey context, it's, yeah, just like you've got one world to play in. It's massive, but it is pretty structured in terms of how you're meant to progress through it in, in a way. It doesn't really reward you just going off the beaten path like Mike style in Skyrim. Just, you know, okay, that's the main quest. I'm just going to skip all of that and do all the side quests, which is cool. You kind of do need to progress through the main sort of cat shines and story beats that you need to do, but you do hit a point. So like I said, you know, com- completion is about six hours. Beating the game, quote unquote, is about three. 
you know, you get that halfway point and then it really just becomes a sandbox game where, you know, you can go and do any cat shines you want. And as I said, it's like so strange because 3D World has no real ability. You can move the camera a little bit, but most of the camera movement is all scripted. And as I said, that's what makes it sort of a bit of a mishmash in between 2D and 3D Mario's. Whereas this game, Bowser's Fury, actually uses the engine for 3D World, the mechanics of 3D World, but gives you a free camera. And it makes the game feel like heaps different. Does, and it, does it feel closer to 3D World or Odyssey? I uh, Honestly, I feel like to me personally, I feel like it feels more like Sunshine mixed with Odyssey. Like that's the vibe really I got from it. Mm-hmm. And like I say more like Sunshine because Sunshine out of any Mario game kind of stuck to a theme more so than any other Mario game that oh, I can think of. Definitely, yeah. And that's like this. Like, I, I could understand people not loving this. I'll just say now, I can't understand IGN giving it a 7 out of 10 as a package. That's insane to me. Like, uh, you know, I can, <laughs> I can understand people saying they don't love it, right? I just Gotta think... I love those messages. You're so angry. <laughs> well, it's just like, to be honest, like, I, I just think it's a bit of edgelord stuff. It, I get it. There's subjectivity, obviously, but at the same time, if someone turns around and goes, oh, Shakespeare's rubbish and trash, and just like, eh, I just don't think you, you know, get it, man. Seven isn't even that bad of a score, but I understand what you're saying. I understand no, what but you're saying. Like, no, but, okay, like, there's a huge difference if you are normalizing the scores. I think if you and I and Mike, we give our scores, we're actually normalizing it. So, like, a five is still okay. But in IGN scale, the reality is no game gets under seven. Like... It has to be a complete mess to get under seven, right? Because they're getting paid mm. off and they want to advertise games and do all that kind of stuff. And they want the so money for the publishers. Allegedly. I, I, allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, they do. So I haven't, I haven't read the review, but what, what, what made him give it that score? Uh, I think a combination of many things, but I think, you know, he felt that it just didn't hit the highs of other Mario games. Now, I totally agree with that. Like 3D World okay. does not hit, it is not my favorite Mario game. But this, but by the f- way, sorry, as as the Mario, so just for everyone else who ha- who hasn't played these games, this is a a uh, the same one that was on the Wii U. So, Super Mario Three D World, I'm showing it on the screen. Super Mario Three D World released mm-hmm. on the Wii U about seven years ago. Yep. They IGN the gave that nine point six out of ten. Right. Yeah. Then they took that game, they improved it a bit, so it runs a bit better. It's a high, like yep. higher resolution. And they increased the speed of the movement, which I actually really love that they've done that now playing it. Then Nintendo also added Bowser's Fury, which is like a six, yep. a three to six hour game, right? It doesn't take anything away from Super Mario 3D World. It's just like yeah. a new game that they added in, right? And like, a, yeah. like an Astrobot, sorry, an Astro's Playroom mm. style size of game, you know, just to give yep. you context, which I love. I wish there was more games like that, to be honest, because it's easier to play through. I was able to play it to completion. And then they gave it seven out of ten. They, it just see, that doesn't, doesn't make, make sense. sense to me because it's it's as if, for example, you you give Dark Souls a nine point eight, and then you give the remaster, which is the same game with all sorts of stuff added to it and improved, a seven. But that it, wouldn't make no, sense. No, but it to does me. make sense because it's different reviewers. It's not the same person yeah, reviewing. No, it. but that's what I mean. It's a different yeah, thing. But they but, can't, they but can't it's, hide behind it's a company. That yeah, it's a masthead, man. It's a masthead. Yeah. It's, it's not. Cam Shea's review, it, he yeah. reviewed it, but he reviewed it for IGN. They've got to mm. stand behind it, right? And 
listening well, to that case, podcast then... on it, they were a bit like, it's still a great game. We all loved it. Like, we might have gave it 9 out of 10, you know, don't kill us type of thing. Yeah, but... Why I don't mean, you give it a 9 out of 10 then? It's not like it's... No, I see. I disagree with that. It's the reviewer's review. It's not IGN's review. No, I think it's IGN's review. I think... I think it the, when when you work for a company, it's the company's view at that exactly. point, not you as as a journalist uh, within that. No, and I you see, have editors I, and I stuff too. I completely disagree. I think it is still the reviewer's mm. review at that point. You know why? I don't I, think it you is. You know why you're wrong, Sweeney? People because... don't, but people don't look at reviews. I have, I don't even know who this guy is. All I know is who he's an Australian is. reviewer, which is unfortunate. He actually, I I used to, well, you know, I really like the guy. I disagree with his opinion on this, and I like the guy. He yeah, this, be, sorry, we shouldn't diss the guy, Hyper. by the way. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I like the guy. He's actually a cool guy. Yeah. He, I've liked a lot of other reviews he's done. He did a lot of great work for Hyper. I just totally disagree with him on this, but everyone's got different opinions. Mm. So that's what makes the world Well, cool. clearly, because even between us, we have a different opinion. I, I, and I think you as well, into God, feel that when you work for a company, you represent that company, and, and anything that goes out is a representation of what that company Correct. puts out. And a and, lot of people don't even know who the hell a reviewer is. They're like, they don't even read the name of the person that reviewed it. They just go, IGN said that, this is seven. So, and, and I'm and one of those idiots. So, and Swinney, Swinney, like, I say, explain why I don't think you're right, even by IGN's own logic, because there was the ex editor for IGN, for the Nintendo component, Philip Mewson, who plagiarized and stole reviews from people. And IGN owned up to that. They said, yes, we did. This person did it in our staff, but we're IGN and, you know, it's our reviews. And they went and re-reviewed that game. So they didn't hide behind, hey, that's just a person. That's his review. That's not us. They did say it's our review. That's a very, that's a very different situation to compare to. Why? Because that's a, that's, that is that is an exception to everything, you know. Like that was a situation <laughs> where they had to they had to take action. No, I'd look and no, I don't think honestly. This is just difference of opinion. I don't think one's right or one's wrong. It's just different take. Yeah. I feel that Let's... you know, Ed, when you've got multiple people, it, look, if it was the same, if it was just one person on one site, that's different to me. I actually like the fact that they. I like you know if people. People know that they're going to like this game already, right? Honestly, like yeah. at this point, you're just looking to confirm or like people do this. They actively go look at bad reviews just to get pissed off and comment on it. We know that, right? I've done that That's in the past. Um, but it's just... I just did it. Yeah, like <laughs> I just think that, you know, it to me, it's, it, it's directly about when you're talking about the drop from their previous call to this one. It's just a different review, yeah. a different Fair. opinion. That's all. Fair point. Yeah, can, look, like, I think we should all just we should all just agree that you're wrong and we're right. And <laughs> move on. Can I can I just say like because I do want to get back and close out the review, but for me, it's more to me he failed to mount the case of why it's a seven out of ten. Oh, that's fair enough. I think you could mount the case at seven out of ten, as I said. If I did a tier list, and we should do this actually sometimes, Winnie, a tier list of like 3D Mario games, off the top of my head, I'd probably rank 3D World ahead of Sunshine, but that would probably be it. So like, I'm not saying I'm a huge lover of 3D World, but even saying that, to me, Odyssey and Mario 64 are like 10 out of 10 games. So uh, the only thing I can look at is like, you're looking at these insane highs and then you're looking at like 3D World and Bowser's Fury and you go, well, it doesn't reach that high. But that's still like to me, a minimum of an 8 out of 10. Like hmm. minimum. Like I think as a package to me, I'd probably put this as an 8.5 out of 10. 
Yeah, I was going to go, what's your actual review? Because we spent more time talking about someone else's review. <laughs> no, we didn't. We didn't. Than you talking about the bloody yeah, so review is supposed Fury, to do. As I said, I don't like to spoil things, so I won't spoil how many cat shines are in the game. But as I said, like, I was shocked at how much is in the game. And I love the way that they go about it. It's so fascinating. There's one aspect of the game that I'll touch on is they, and you'd appreciate this, Swinney, Donkey Kong Country, uh, sorry, Donkey Kong 64. So one thing about Donkey Kong 64 is you have the different Kongs and they have different abilities. And one frustration people have is there's certain things you need to get in that game to get all the collectibles. You need to go back and switch out the Kongs and it's a nightmare. Mm. This game actually has a mechanism sorry, mechanic that I wonder if they will pick up in the next 3D Mario game where you have Bowser Jr. and he actually holds power-ups for you and you can switch between power-ups. So you can switch between like Cat Mario or the Tanuki Suit Mario almost at will eventually because you get so many of these power-ups banked up. Like I was just switching back and forth to whatever I needed for the situation and for the most part, you probably don't essentially need it. There are some parts where it's like, okay, I have to be Cat Mario to get through this. But I would love them to explore that a bit further. It actually gave a bit of a, you know, almost a Breath of the Wild vibe to it where, you know, the powers that you have in Breath of the Wild where I could imagine them really playing into that even harder. And it's it's actually, it was really good fun to play a Mario game where it felt like the power-ups were more essential than they generally are well, normally. You- I could... Got almost skip those power ups. You mentioned Zelda, and, and that I was thinking it's kind of like me, Miora's Mask and Majora's Mask, you know, how you swap between the different, you know, Goron yeah. Link and Zora Link and stuff like that. And that was another game that I was going to touch on. It, it has that Nintendo vibe about it to me of a Majora's Mask, Link's Awakening, where it's like, it does feel like a bit of an experiment from Nintendo. And it, I love the way that they've included it with this game because I feel that if they had released this as a standalone game. I'm not sure how much I'd price it at too much given Nintendo standards. And I think people would be really annoyed if this was a, even a 40 Australian dollars. I don't think it would be worth it. But having said that, I really wish, you know, you'd actually played through it or you will get the chance to do one day because it's a really fun, weird experiment. I'd, I'd say Bowser's Fury to me, I'd probably give it eight out of 10. I don't think it's as good as 3d world. Um, but I did love it. And it's just probably one of the things that I don't see myself anytime soon going back to playing, if that makes sense. It's just really odd, really fun, really weird the way it's presented. The boss fights, so the sort of Super Saiyan Cat Mario segments, you know, Nintendo never does boss fights very well. And I think that's the case in this case as well. It's just a bit like, okay, just getting through it. It's nothing exciting. Um, but yeah, very, very solid game. Really liked it. Do you I, think you'll pick it up, Swinney, or...? I, I dispute that. I think Zelda boss fights are very well done. But if you're talking Mario... No, sorry, that's I said Mario. Big... Mario boss fights. Sorry, <laughs> okay, I okay. Did I say Nintendo boss yeah. fights? Oh, um, I meant Mario boss fights. Yeah. Uh, look, I will probably eventually get it. Um, there is a part of me, just like with Mario Kart 8, where I have it on the Wii U and I just haven't played it. So it's like, I feel like I'm spending money on something that I haven't even experienced should have experienced already. And that's that's my problem. It's got nothing to do with Nintendo. Um, yeah. That's just the reason why I haven't gone and picked it up. Plus, also, I'm in just crazy bastard in the middle of all this RPG Well, I can, you know, next time I'm down in Melbourne, I can lend you it. Because it is a I game can, that you I actually want to play hours. it too. I want to play it. If you if you have it, I wouldn't mind playing it. Oh, I actually okay. want to play the original Super Mario 3D World, obviously. Well, you should get it. Anything. You should get it because we can play it online. Yeah, I want to get it, but it's, it's 70 bucks. And I'm 
what Swinney just said. I'll I'll play like ten minutes of it and then I'll go. Oh shit! I've got all these other games I got to play and a course I got to do and work that finishes seven eight p.m. And like, I should like, say I also got the three D. Sorry, the Cat Mario and the Cat Peach amiibo as well. That looks really sick. So yeah, hey. eight out of ten. I'd give uh, Bowser's Fury. Really, really nice. enjoyed it. Hey, right, I was just Swinney? actually uh, just oh, real quick. On, sorry, before Swinney goes on, I was, I was you know back to the hey we don't pay that much for games. Um, so the game's 69 bucks for us at mm-hmm. most major retailers. And that actually only comes, that comes down to 53 US dollars, mm. uh, which is pretty good when you consider that's a $60 US game in a lot of places in the US. I think so again, I, it just surprises me. It's so, so much cheaper than the US. I think for you, like, it's more like, do you want to play it? Because you're not a big 3D Mario person, but I do understand Swinney's perspective. Like if I had, now that I've played through Bowser's Fury, I, I you know, had a copy of 3D World on the Wii U. It is not a $70 DLC. It's just not. Like, it's not worth it. Uh, but for someone who hasn't I played 3D I think it's World, good value. it's an insane value. It's hmm. so good value. Like, the fact that you can get this for 70 Australian dollars, which, like Mike said, is about 50 US dollars, you get 3D World and Bowser's Fury. It's crazy. It's, like, crazy value. So, yeah, if Swinney never had uh, 3D World, it to me, would be a must-buy, but I think if you had 3D World, it's definitely more of a, can you get someone to lend you a copy of it uh, and play it that way? Because it is very short, relative. Like, you don't need to collect everything, so you really can get the most out of it in about two to three hours. So, All right, Swinny, over to you for the the last review of the show. Yeah, so this week I've been playing uh, a really, really, what I think is a really cool game. Um, called Blacksmith of the Sand Kingdom. So it's the latest uh, sim RPG. That's what I've called it um, from Ridian. Um, so it is published by Kemco. Uh, so Ridian made a game uh, that was released in May 2019, uh, at least uh, in the Western markets, called Morenian Tavern Story Paddy and the Hungry God, which was very... Essentially, this game feels like a direct sequel to it in terms of mechanics, but I don't know what when the original release schedule was because there's, in a lot of ways this game feels like the first and that was the sequel and I'll kind of compare it a bit later. But basically it's a blacksmith RPG. So some people may remember there's a game called uh, Reseteer. I think that's how you pronounce it, where you're, you run an item shop and you go out and you fight monsters and then you come back and sell your items in the item shop. It was like a PC indie game, really popular. Um, and there's also the Atelier games, which I've never played, that have a heavy focus on crafting. So this game is kind of in the in the vein of those where it's an RPG, but the main hook of the game is you are a blacksmith um, with a shop. You're crafting all the equipment, your weapons and armor, and some you know other things, and then you're selling them, and then you essentially go through the loop. And the loop is very early on they establish what that loop is, um, and it's not going to be for everyone, hundred percent. Um, so you basically, I'd say you wake up in the morning, but it's more like you open the shop and close the shop. So you accept missions from like an adventures, adventurous guild. And it's almost just like a menu with different buildings on there. You go into dungeons, you collect materials, you complete the missions. Then you come, you come back to your shop, you craft the weapons and armor, and you also complete missions from building that stuff. You put them on sale and then you rinse repeat for like 30 hours. (laughs) It's that's the loop. That's the whole loop of yeah, sounds sounds like fun of just going to dungeons, <laughs> getting materials, coming back and crafting. And I think the balance I reckon is probably about 
eighty percent of your time is sent is in menus crafting stuff, and twenty percent of your time is in dungeons fighting monsters in a turn based uh, JRPG. The more you talk about it, the more fun it sounds. Look, that's why I said if you're into those games, if you love RPGs where you do, you're in crafting menus a lot, and you're into kind of like really min-maxing your... Because you also have a party that you have to build up mm. as well. So it's not that you're just selling the stuff um, to progress the game for that. You also have to kit yourself out. Um, and it's actually pretty cool. So there's no set characters. At the start, you set up your five characters, almost like a Western-style RPG. Uh, you select a class and a faith. The classes determine not only your battle skills, but also what equipment they can actually use. So eventually you unlock like a... a uh, like I don't know if it's ninja class or something so they use daggers but they can't use heavy swords and things right okay um faiths have uh basically passive buffs and you can swap at any time between class and faith so they you know you can select that stuff but you can change them at any time and you will need to change them over time as well and as you complete more missions you unlock more classes and and faiths so it's almost like a job system for final fantasy 3 and final fantasy 5 um so it's actually pretty pretty cool as you level up as well you unlock the ability to add a subclass so each of your characters has you'll have your main class but the subclass allows you to use additional skills i don't think it helps you equip more things though i think the what you can equip is based on your main class um and more slots for passive skills and things so when you're in the actual dungeon and walking around and the rest of the game is just pretty much like a menus and things, whereas in the dungeons, you're actually walking around a sprite in a 3D levels. Well, 3D levels, but it's top down. Um, and there's no random encounters, thankfully. That's an improvement, I think, from Millennium to have a story. Um, and you go into battles with monsters, and it's like a three by three grid. And formation of your party is really, really important. Um, and you really have to kind of, you know, actually spend quite a bit of time thinking about how you set up everyone on the battlefield. And like all good RPGs, it's got an auto battle function, which is really, really great when you're just farming. So if you know that you're easily able to take any of the enemies, you can essentially just go into battle, quickly complete it, and then just move on to the next one. And there's a lot of variety of battle skills. I'm not going to get too far into that. But some of the bosses too do get quite tough. And you may actually need to go back to your shop and actually craft new equipment for your party that's specific for that boss. So an example would be one boss was invulnerable completely to physical damage and three or four out of my five uh, party members were focused on physical damage. So I had to go back and then craft them all weapons out of elemental attributes. So then I could take the boss down. So that's an example of where you actually need to think about, a bit about it. But the game is all about the crafting. Um, so in total, there's about 194 different materials together. Um, there's about 385 different pieces of equipment to craft. And uh, about yeah. 177 different runes that you can uh, get to put into that equipment. So like Millennium Tavern's story, there's a lot of great quality of life features in those menus. So I kind of sent you guys a couple of joke clips throughout the week of this is my, you know, this is me for the next 40 hours, essentially just going through menus. But it's actually, honestly, if you like crafting in RPGs, it's actually really fun. I actually had a blast with all that stuff. And you can easily you can easily filter and sort. You can build stuff in bulk. You can sell stuff in bulk. It, they've made it as simple as possible. Uh, there's also an arena that you can go to in the town to just um, fight the monsters you need for the equipment, for the materials you need, so you don't have to go hunting them. So they've given you a lot of stuff. 
Uh, graphically, it sounds like you, you ran a, a, a an eBay store simulator in the <laughs> yeah. fantasy world. It well, can, can I just defend it? Can I defend it for a second? Because this is not my kind of game at all. But I do understand what I would say is almost like a comfort food. Oh, yeah, dude, this is, this is I definitely totally comfort see it food. As that. Yeah. Which is like, if it's in your Absolutely. alley and you, you just get it, it's almost like <clears throat> your brain switches off. You can just focus on this. This is how I feel like with Picross. I've got so many Picross games. I keep playing them all the time. Like any week I probably would have played a Picross game just because I, I do it before I go to sleep or, and it's, yeah, it's really relaxing. So I can understand if that tickles your fancy, that's sort of, I could, I could see right? this. It's like, think about all the, um, I don't know, football manager games, yeah. F1 yeah. manager. It's the same sort of thing. It's It can be quite fun, actually, and, when you get into that. And you do have to balance a little bit. So your objectives are essentially to sell a lot of stuff, but also to get a lot of custom satisfaction. So you have to balance your markup. And it's really easy. Like, it's not complicated. You can basically say, okay, I'm going to put all this, I'm going to put 20 of these fancy sword on sale but I'm gonna make them. I'm gonna make the markup a bit lower, and then it'll make people happier. And then so you can yeah. kind of adjust stuff. Um, <laughs> or, and you or you could just fleece the hell out of everyone and make a whole lot of money. So um, graphically, look, it's very simple. Um, the monster and character sprites they're fun, but nothing to write home about. The character portraits are fine, but they're just stills. Um, and the 3D dungeons are pretty bare bones. Like remember, this is a very small developer, Japanese developer as well. But most importantly in this kind of game, the menus and the UI are really, really nice and clean. And they, they look mm. great. So that's the most important part. The music's very forgettable, honestly. But to me, how does this compare to Meridian Tavern Story? So I loved Meridian Tavern Story. And that game that game felt very different in many ways. So it was, instead of it being a blacksmith, you were running a tavern. So it was all about cooking there, right? But the loop was the same. You went to Dungeons got stuff. But the reason why I like that game so much more is it felt more like a complete game. So that actually had your character walking around in a three in in an actual town, that, and you could walk into your tavern. You could go to other towns to speak to NPCs. This game doesn't have that. It's just like a map with buildings, and then you go into the dungeons. So it's definitely there's less fluff there. So if you're just interested in doing that stuff, you don't have to physically walk your character to a shop to go buy the materials you need you just go to a menu, but it kind of loses the charm of it. Um, and also in the dungeons themselves, there's no secret areas. Um, it just feels like it's much more bare bones. So to compare it to anyone that liked Marevin Marine Tavern Story, this it kind of almost feels like this was the first game and that's the sequel. So that's oh, okay. why, that's the way it feels to me. But I had a lot of, uh, I had a blast with this game, but it's, Definitely not for everyone, right? 100%. Even for people that like RPGs and JRPGs, it's not going to be for everyone because the loop is so simple. You know, you've yeah. got... You have to, I think, really like games that are just designed around that the same thing over and over again, you know? And if you like that thing, it's great. If you're like, okay, not great, you're going to get bored very quickly. Um, and... It's the one the one good thing over Marini Tavern Story is that this game is way less of a grind for anyone that wants to get it complete hundred percent. It that had a huge end game grind. We had to go out and fight five hundred different of each enemy type, and that stuff is way quicker. Like there's no essentially you can unlock everything just through the natural course of play. Um, so yeah, I yeah I think if you if you like the uh, liked Resetia and the Adelie games, the, the crafting components, um, I think you'll probably you know have a good time with this game. 
But uh, yeah, there is one P- uh, PSA I have to say though, and I got so pissed off I thought I'd have to replay my forty hours again. If you're going <laughs> for hundred percent completion, make sure that you've got a thief in your party because there's you know like a lot of RPGs they've got a bestiary or bestiary or whatever, and you've got to fill that hundred percent. And I'm like, okay, I'll just get that. I'll kill the enemies and get it hundred percent. And I beat the last super end game super boss, and it was at eighty percent. And I'm like, I've killed every monster in this game. You've also got to steal from every single monster in the game to add to the percentage of that. <laughs> and I thought I'd screwed myself because it didn't seem like you could replay the bosses. And so you've got to steal from every boss as well. So there is a way to replay bosses and do that. But just to, as the PSA, just steal from every enemy boss as you play in the game if you really want the 100%. So, yeah. I, I, lo- I love the language that you have. You go... I had I I thought oh, shit I I have to go back and play it all. No, it's like I want to. You or... always say that. And I don't I enjoy that. I think or... I think you don't understand context. <laughs> no, I do understand context. It's just I'm always a stickler for words and the meaning of words. If you um... want a hundred percent, you have to like again context. Of... <laughs> but yeah, it's, if it's you like feel breathing. you have a choice, yeah, breathing. exactly. If you feel you have a choice in life. The, the one last thing I'll say and you choose to get 100%. the one last thing I'll say about this game is that you know don't think this is a cookie cutter crappy RPG maker style game like a lot of Kemco published games this is very different the, the those two reading games uh, Blacksmith Sand Kingdom and Meridian Tavern Story are very different and they're easily the two best games that they've published on modern platforms so Nice. So what what would you give this out of 10? I'd probably give this a 7 out of 10. Just okay. like Mario 3D World's IGN You should IGN go work review. for IGN. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you should go work for them. <laughs> well, you know, they literally gave NAC 2 7.2. So according to Cam Shea, NAC 2 is a better game than Super can we Mario get, 3D World. Can we get Cam on this? Bowser's Fury. Are we big enough yet to get no. Cam on this? <laughs> Definitely okay, not. Okay, just asking. Maybe maybe if we do a hype fe- voice chat. Maybe if we do a feature in hyper, that's about it. <laughs> that's true. And then we can refer back to me shitting. I don't know. Me. I reckon if we can reach out to the guy and say, Hey, we've got this podcast. Do you do you want to spend ten minutes justifying your <laughs> Oh yeah, he's totally gonna <laughs> yeah, do that's that. Great. That's a great pitch. <laughs> One of us is really pissed. <laughs> no, no, and can I just reiterate? I am not attacking him as a person. He's a cool guy. No, I've followed we, a lot of other things. <laughs> I I have an issue with the way he's argued the 7 out of 10. It doesn't make yeah. sense to me based on the review. So, And I get it's subjective. He can give it 7 out of 10. But I look at it and go, IGN's approved that. They're happy with that. So seems very can strange we just, to me. Can we get you two to just battle it out in, in Smash Brothers or something? Or oh, He'd lose if that's the case. I don't know. We'll, we'll, just pick, an, to we'll pick an even ground. We'll, we'll pick an even ground. And you, you two can, right, can rocket banter rocket and rocket fight league. it out. Rock, rocket oh, rocket no, league. no, no. What's the point? Might as well not even <laughs> put the controller down before you play. So 7 out of 10, was there anything else you wanted to mention, Swinney, before we close out the show? Uh, no, just uh, it's, it's. I think it's like 25 or $30 around that range. So it's just maybe just watch some reviews, watch some gameplay, see if it's what you might be interested in. Yeah. You don't need any other review outside of uh, Sweeney's review. No, nah, so, nah. exactly. Seven out of ten. <laughs> Seven, out, Seven of 10. out of ten. So decide uh, based on what Sweeney's Go said. Go get it. And, or don't. And his reputation at the Big Weekend Gaming Podcast. 
All right, let's uh, close out the show. So again, thanks for your your patronage for the show. If you if you've lasted this long into the show, I'm gonna request you to go on the YouTube channel, subscribe to us. We're almost at 100 subscribers. Comment about what comment, half of where comment about Mike. Mike. Comment more. We want more things for Mike's. Board. Yeah, we we want more of dissing me. I yeah. I want you. I want you people to give me more shit. No, we want I more want opinions. More opinions. Mike. I want you to tell me what <laughs> what I do wrong. I, I need I need and, I need that. And more importantly, uh, you know, jump on your podcast service of choice. Give us a good review. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a review. God, I want I want to see now. some five star reviews on on. Uh, I want to see podcast. any reviews. And uh, <laughs> and again, uh, share the show with your friends. Get the yes. word out. Uh, speaking of friends. Uh, d- Darren, who's one of our biggest fans. Uh, if you're listening, uh, I hope your wife's chest is okay. Uh, please continue listening to our, our podcast. I, I we'll love you. do not know how to take that. Yeah, and I'm not going to touch that. Please, don't. I didn't touch it. <laughs> All right, well, I think that ends the show appropriately. <laughs> Inappropriately. Right, bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. See you. Laters.